0: Yes. You are now listening to the sounds of Sports Reports' ordered. Shimmy, shimmy, y'all. Shimmy, shimmy, yay. Give Jordan Love the ball so I can take it away. Welcome back.
1: <laughs> yeah. as I soon am too sorry. I was like, I'm going to laugh.
0: That is Mr. Logical. Here. And tonight, we got picks, and we got picks, and we got more picks. We're going to talk a little NBA, you know, what do we think about the season so far? Bradley Bill finally played last night. Armageddon is coming.
1: I guess they won't go 37 and 45.
0: But of course, it is that time of show. So that means that get it off my chest is now.
1: Yo, NBA straight up let's, let's keep it hunt. I'm gonna keep it a whole beam. I'm gonna keep it I'm gonna keep it straight. If the player you're highlighting was drafted during Obama's first administration, it is time to go over the fact that that dude is a championship contender. Is it? Steph Curry. Even guys older than that, James Harden, all these guys being all on the Clippers, stop it. You need to start highlighting these young guys. Like right now, they have – you got Milwaukee playing against Indiana, and then there's another game after this, I think, in Mexico City or Orlando. Start highlighting these young guys. Give these young guys the same time slots you would give these old teams – because you need somebody to carry the torch. You need someone to get highlighted. So either there's Anthony Edwards, it's Paolo down in Orlando, or you go to Houston, like, listen, one of you young guys, just we're gonna we're gonna sell your swag to the public. I saw a commercial with SGA with the skims, you know, the tank tops or whatever, the Kim Kardashian NBA deal. You gotta start doing that because this conversation about these teams. these guys being championship contenders is not realistic. Basketball is a young man's game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you need to be smart, but at a certain point, that's it. It's like your likelihood of you winning championships with AD and LeBron and the rest of the bandits and the Lakers is unlikely. Mm -hmm. And I love LeBron. I thought they should have traded AD two and a half years ago. I'm on record with that. Because I thought they would they would have pieces because I figured LeBron was gonna play two more years consistently and AD wasn't. So if I could trade AD and get they probably could have made a move to get AD to Chicago, they might have gotten Kobe White, Levine, and maybe they could have got Caruso back. I don't know. However desperate Chicago was. But you gotta make these other these other transitions easier for these other players to be popular because you're stymieing them. You're putting them behind these guys who play out West. They play late. So there's no games on. There's no game that you're highlighting. There's no marquee game you're highlighting. Yeah, you're highlighting the Knicks. But people kind of feel like the Knicks are more of a niche team to like. Like, you can't be from outside of the Knicks fan base and then start rooting for the Knicks. They got their own fan base. You got to get these other guys. You got to get LaMelo on TV. You got to get Brandon Miller on TV, these guys that get drafted top overall. You gotta put just put them on TV until their team gets good. Because it's just I'm sick of the conversation every single day being about the four and four Clippers or the three and five Lakers every single day. When you have really good teams out there, if you have other good teams out west. Start highlighting your young players and your actual good teams versus these guys who used to, who carried your torch. For eight or nine years, that run at, at that uh, Golden State had with the six finals in eight years and the 73 wins and the battles they had back and forth with Cleveland that carried your league for a while. The Brown Miami's the Miami Heatles for that four year stretch and their battles with Boston and their battles with, uh you know, the battle they had with Dallas and the Dallas battle that they had with the Lakers. All of that was a good stretch right now it's fading because you guys aren't highlighting the next, the next stretch, the next battle. Like you got to manufacture You can't rely on what was, you got to look at what's going to be. So start highlighting these guys. I want to see more of these guys on TV. I want to see more of these guys leading the talk show. I want questions like, can Chet Holmgren be defensive player of the year? Even if that can't be the case, I want, the NBA to start sending out memos to all these channels. So like this information gets out there so you can really spread the brand of the league. I'm sick of literally watching people thinking James Harden's going to be the missing piece to a championship team that he's never been a missing piece to. Like who are we fooling? Stop pushing in my pocket and tell me he's raining. Like give me some other guys out there that can be entertaining. Give me some of these other guys that, oh, you can't relate to millennials or whatever. These guys are the young guys that are going to carry the league. Trey Young should be on TV all the time. He's cocky. He's good. Put him out there on TV as a good teammate because what happens is when they're not highlighted, it makes them easy to trade. Like a lot of these teams just trade their players because they don't feel like they get the media buzz. Like you have a good core players. Put them together. Put them out there and let them be your next wave of players. LeBron is still going to draw attention because he's LeBron. James Harden's still going to draw attention. Russ still going to draw attention. Steph's going to draw attention. They have basketball deals. They're movie production companies. They're on talk shows. They're going to draw. If they're going to draw attention. Get these other guys in there and show really good basketball as well as the the entertainment piece. So that's my get off my chest. Just I'm sick of seeing the same teams having the same conversation year after year because it's going to happen in a week. Does LeBron need more help? Can the Clippers win it all? No and no. Can Phoenix win it all? No, they can't. Because they're old. I'm an old dude. I can fight one 20-something-year-old at a bar. Maybe put hands on them. Maybe two. I can't fight three or four of them. It's too much time, too much energy. I ain't got it. You just don't have it. No matter how strong you are, eventually you're going to run out of gas. And I'll run out of gas with this. This NBA entertainment model—like, give me somebody else. Put some other entertainment teams out there, some other guys out there, instead of suspending them every time they act up a little bit. Shout out to John Morant.
0: Yo, remember when Trey Young went to Madison Square Garden in the playoffs and was like, "You just mad because I'm styling on you? He was you doing this. You might got better gear, but you ain't styling on me. <laughs> Plus, the cow is on me. You he know, he should have but- got a
1: commercial off that." <laughs>
0: Yeah. I mean, and I don't understand. So this is something that I don't understand before I get to my get it off my chest. This is something that I don't understand. Atlanta is not a small city. So, like, why is it that in sports Atlanta doesn't get attention or why doesn't Atlanta get more attention? I guess I should say like the Falcons, the Hawks, you know, um, the MLS team won the title, you know, a few years ago, but nobody talks about Atlanta.
1: Because every every sports show talks about the same thing all the time. Like I watch a lot of these shows, and for a while I stopped watching them because it was like I'm literally hearing Cowboys, LeBron, Lakers, AD, Dak, Jerry Jones, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, Knicks. Now, unit that's the thing. The the sports shows don't talk about the Knicks. The Knicks fans talk about the Knicks, which is fine. But like, as far as the sports pundits, not a lot of conversation. Um, it's like I said, it's just it's just so redundant and just it's just unimaginative. Yo, Giannis is out here playing tic tac toe with these dudes. I think <laughs> he got like sixty points or something. He's getting close that's to sixty.
0: That's hilarious. I'm going to look it up real quick. But, yeah, so, you know, we got Thursday night football going on. Carolina with a 10-6 lead on Chicago, getting close to halftime. You know, uh, we talked about Louisville the other day. Can they get to the ACC championship game? They're up 14-0 early third against UVA. You know, and just to let Mr. Logical know what's going on in these streets, Giannis has 54 points and 11 rebounds. 19 of 24 from the floor. And this is the shocker. 16 of 18 from the free throw line.
1: Yo, he's literally a man amongst boys. I'm watching it right now. He's getting the ball in the restricted area and just turning around and dropping the ball in. Looking like like Zion
0: in high school.
1: Looking like George Gervin, Just (laughs) just turning around and just finger rolling the ball (laughs) in.
0: But yeah, get it off my chest. You know, simple and to the point. So we all know that I love my college football. We all know that Veterans Day is here, and you know that we love you, America. But, America, you always make me question you. I don't understand your methods. I don't understand your thought process. So, we get a habit of supporting antiquated views. Things that held true 20 years ago may not hold true today. So I look at James Madison, for example, undefeated, ineligible for the Sun Belt Championship game, even though, even though this is the best part, even though they have a victory this season over the team that everybody said was the favorite, and that everybody's still picking to win the Sun Belt, they beat that team, Troy. Now, they joined FBS last year. And they could have played in the Sun Belt Championship game last year. They were so good. And they didn't get allowed, they weren't allowed to. They didn't get to go to a bowl game. They're ineligible for a bowl this year. So they're submitting waivers trying to get a bowl berth. This is the problem. We do this thing where we say I had to pay student loans. I owed 40 grand with all kinds of interest that never went away. So you must too. You know, I got picked on in school, so you must get picked on too. And it's your rite of passage to be tough or something. But then these kids are out here harming themselves because they got bullied. You know, so what is the problem with the undefeated team playing in a bowl game? We already had it to where teams like UCF went undefeated, and didn't get a chance to play in the playoff. Now we're just telling a team they can't even play in a bowl game? We talked about this back in March Madness when Bellarmine won their conference and was ineligible for the tournament. Merrimack won the Northeast Conference at Fairleigh Dickinson, that New Jersey stand-up, made the tournament (laughs) and beat Purdue. They beat Purdue. Like, I don't know if Merrimack would have beat Purdue, but but Merrimack won the conference tournament. So what are we doing? Why are we punishing kids for the decisions of a university? James Madison decided that they were willing and able to move up to FBS. So far, the move has paid off. Like, think about it. Like, after Rocky fought Apollo Creed and took the champ to the wire, 15 rounds and everything. We didn't say Rocky get to the back of the line. We wanted to see Rocky, too, and we wanted Rocky to win the title. Hey. Why can't James Madison play for the Sun Belt title? Why can't they play in a bowl game? Because some old-ass fart said so. That's it. Like Some dude just said so.
1: <laughs>
0: the man said so.
1: Because the man said so, and no one argues against it.
0: Nobody argues against a man, you know, and since we talking about college football, we might as well get into this weekend because we got some big, monstrous games that are going to define this playoff race. We gave you the crazy scenario the other day. So, of course, we're going to start this conversation with the Michigan Wolverines traveling to Happy Valley, and, and Penn State blew my mind every year they have a whiteout game at night, and every year I say I'm going to go to one, even though I despise Penn State, but I'm going to go. <laughs> I want to be in that environment. I got to see it. It, it. it is as much as I don't like Penn State. The only reason I don't like Penn State is because they be beating the crap out of Maryland all the time. So, you know, it's all like that. But anyway.
1: off of Maryland.
0: But they blew my mind this weekend against Michigan. They're having a stripe out.
1: There's a stripe. They're all going to wear pinstripes? No, the, it's just gonna,
0: the crowd is just going to be blue, white, blue, white, blue, white, blue, white, you know. I guess it sounds more like checkerboard than it does stripe, but, you well, know.
1: you got to make sure everybody participates.
0: It's yeah, but, happy. So So, I've, I've been struggling all week long. I want to pick Penn State to win this game. I just can't get there. Well, I mean,
1: Michigan tends to Beat teams up, up front, offensive and defensively. They run the ball well. And they have a playmaker with experience at quarterback. Having all that in the college football game, you tend to not get upset because you have all the foundational pieces. USC, <coughs> we noticed they had like a leaky defense. So you can have this ultra-dynamic head coach and ultra-dynamic potential first overall pick quarterback but your defense is bad. Michigan doesn't have those holes. So you need all of the things that operate pretty consistently, your offensive line, your run game, your defensive line, you stopping the run. Those are pretty simple attributes of your game that travel, whether you're on the road, in the snow, when it's hot, when it's cold, when it's windy, that works. Michigan does it well. Penn State doesn't have the experience at the quarterback position to over- to just neutralize that so michigan's gonna win i won't say it'd be easy but even with all the athletes and the talent that penn state does have michigan just has the athletes the scheme and the experience those three things put together is gonna lead to it being a little bit more now for your scenario it'd be great Mm-hmm. To see if we can have the three one loss, but I don't want to pick it
0: just because I want the scenario to happen. But realistically,
1: I mean, yeah. if you just think about how like the dynamics of the game, because I think that same dynamic is going to help them. Before when we talk about the Ohio State game, I think that's that's going to be the thing that sets them apart is that they have the they have the quarterback that can make the plays and has been there in these tough situations. It's tough to come into these environments, even on the road, but he plays mm-hmm. in Ann Arbor. He plays in front of 107,000 people who expect him to be successful every single week, and they the pressure on him, and people are probably talking to him in the the soda shops and the coffee shops and mm-hmm. the barber shops all week long. Like, hey, JJ, you know, throw for 300 yards this week, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the whole Varsity Blues aspects of his existence. So, I don't think going on the road is going to overwhelm him because what they do well travels.
0: All right, you ready for these
1: stats? Let's hear it.
0: This season, J.J. McCarthy, Heisman Trophy candidate, has had 10-10 dropbacks in the fourth quarter. He's he, he went back to pass 10 times in the fourth quarter this whole season.
1: Because they've been up and he's been running the ball.
0: Michigan has not, has not, had a defensive goal-to-go situation this season. all the touchdowns that they've given up is from like 40 yards out you know Um, here's one and this is this stat is from Chris Vanini of the Until Saturday podcast this season in the third quarter Michigan has outscored their opponents 114 to 0 Penn State has outscored their opponents 97 to 0 so neither team, is give. Winning, neither team is giving up a third quarter. Yo, I got to take this jersey off. You see all this? I'm sweating like a, like a pig <laughs> up in here. But uh, so then um, Penn State is first in yards given up per game, you know, so they stop everybody. Michigan is sixth. So this game is gonna look a lot, in my mind, is gonna look a lot like the Ravens and the Browns on Sunday. You know, this is gonna be a first to twelve special, you know. Like I would like, remember that nine-six Alabama LSU game? You know, we might Yo, see I, something. That
1: was the worst. And I they gave it. us the rematch and then I I Alabama tossed know. them.
0: So so the key to this game, can JJ McCarthy get Roman Wilson involved? You know, that's the question because he's Michigan's best receiver and taking it back to the Ohio State a few week, game a few weeks ago, the difference in that game was that Ohio State had Marvin Harrison Jr. You know, Michigan doesn't have a receiver like that. True. You know, so can he create the separation to make the plays that Marvin Harrison made against Michigan? Caleb King, I came into the season thinking – that he was going to be the next great Penn State defensive back following in Joey Porter Jr.'s footsteps from last year. It hasn't quite worked out that way. Not that he's played bad, but it just doesn't look how I expected it to look. So who's going to win that matchup between Caleb King and Roman Wilson? And don't forget, Penn State had, they forced that fumble against Ohio State in the second quarter, ran it back 56 yards. And then it got taken off the board because of a penalty. And that's a whole different ball game. So all this narrative about how James Franklin can't beat the big boys. It's kind of true.
1: It's kind of true.
0: You know, but, 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 you know, I was, I was true.
1: Like, and that's the thing. Like a lot of these college coaches, a lot of them are just, they are there to keep your program highly relevant.
0: Well, They'll well, never put
1: you in a situation where your hundred thousand C stadium is barely getting thirty thousand people. They're just not gonna be, they're not gonna be Harbaugh, they're not gonna be Ryan Day, they're not gonna be Urban Meyer, they're not gonna be Jim Trussell, they're not gonna be these guys, these like Les Miles. He had a nice little run, but they're like, you know what? You're not I don't know why they got rid of him. Come to think of it. Like, I'm pretty sure there's probably a lot of personality things, but what Nick Saban, what Kirby Smart, and some of these guys are doing you not going to get it. You're going to get a lot of guys who are coaching like Mark Rick. Some years you might be eight and four. Some years you might be nine and three. Maybe one year you pop off a 10 and two or 11 and one season and it's hot. Mm-hmm. But it's it's hard with the interchanging pieces. Franklin is Mr. Consistent. He's going to give you a good product every single year. Limited scandals because there's always going to be something. But. Yeah, that's, he was that's what be, he's going to get. He, he, he won't be able to be the big guy. He won't get he you over to, the hump.
0: He was supposed to be Maryland's coach, but they didn't want to get rid of the fridge. So he's 12 and 24 against the top 25, but three and 16 against top 10 teams. And Josh Pate from Late Kick Live, you know, shout out to my favorite podcast. You know, he gave us the LeBron stat. <laughs> Here
1: we go. Here we
0: go. So he's three and sixteen against top 10 teams. But he was only favored in five of them.
1: So those 19 games, he's favored in five.
0: Yeah, and, and he's he covered three to five. Yeah, and, he, and he's covered the majority of them. <laughs> you know, covered the spread in the majority of them. So that's your LeBron stat. He made it to the finals, but he ran into an all time team. You know, so you know that's what that is. Yo, but
1: we're James not even talking about LeBron. No, nope, bring it up. Nope, yeah, killing nope, me, killing me with that. Nope, nope. I mean, FD, I get it. I get it. I get it. Know, but like but, I said, that. But that's what you. That's what you present when you recognize that the. You know, like he's 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 going to be a very very above average coach. He's I mean, he be won eight games Cubs. at
0: Vanderbilt. You know, so like that tells you the quality of coach that James yeah, Franklin but
1: is. You win eight games at Vanderbilt four out of five years. That's how you know a guy's a coach. Nobody can do
0: that. Bill Belichick it's, can't do that. Exactly.
1: So what <laughs> happens is you, you do what every every negotiation ploy, you strike the iron's hot. My leverages, I just won eight games at Vanderbilt. Let me get this other job. And now I have the resources to be, you know, one of these top competitors. Ryan Day just basically inherited like just the wave what Trestle to Urban Beyer and then Luke Fickle, like it was like just that wave of recruits, you know, twenty five star recruits out of the big ten and or I say it's eight to ten of them. Yeah. If you keep that wave going, yeah, your program could look highly successful.
0: Well Ryan Day better uh all I gotta say about him is that he better beat Michigan this year regardless of what happens on saturday in penn state michigan he better beat michigan this year um so yes i got i got michigan winning i want to pick penn state but i just can't get there but while we're here i guess i might as well talk about upset alert because i forgot to do that so upset alert you know now granted granted i know a lot of these aren't top 25 games and all that kind of stuff like that but we still got a favorite and an underdog so upset alert ruckers going to Kinnick to play Iowa pop quiz pop quiz
1: oh, let's hear it
0: what's the over under in that game
1: 20 and a
0: half no man it ain't that it ain't gonna it ain't never be that low
1: <laughs> over under for records in Iowa
0: yeah it ain't gonna never be that low I've never seen a I've never seen 20, anything lower than 27. 20
1: 27 20 we'll go 27 and a half
0: 28 and a half
1: Oh, it's not that much different. It's one touchdown,
0: and, and Iowa's only favored by one. You know, wait, Iowa's Iowa.
1: favorite, and the over under is so that means Iowa has to get to fifteen points. <laughs>
0: hey, I don't make the rules. Okay,
1: disrespecting my boys from Jersey, I don't like that at all.
0: So BYU. Lavelle Edwards Stadium hosting Iowa State. Iowa State still has a chance to get to the Big 12 championship game. You know, obviously they need some help, but they're within the race. Um, I think they're going to be on upset alert. I think they get out of there with a win. But, you know, don't forget BYU went into Arkansas SEC Stadium and won this year. Colorado. Colorado. I know a lot of y'all don't believe me, but I think they got a chance to beat Arizona. Arizona coming off of these four straight weeks against raked opponents. You know they uh they won. They're in the Pac-12 title race. If USC beats Oregon this weekend, it gets real funky, you know. But uh, give me Colorado to keep it close. I think I saw it at nine and a half, you know. So I can see Colorado losing by you know say six. I'll say six. But for the actual upsets that I'm picking, the actual upsets that I'm picking, if I gotta I gotta I gotta preface this with an if. If Luther Burden plays, I'm taking Missouri over Tennessee. If not, then just roll with Tennessee. Um, Boston College over Virginia Tech. Auburn over Arkansas. And then San Jose State over Fresno State. So those are my upsets for this week. But now while we're at it, Mr. Logical, is there any way on God's green earth that Lane Kiffin, picks the Rebels between the hedges and walks out of Athens, Georgia with a win.
1: I think so. I, I think because I like the way Ole Miss throws the ball around. I like the swagger that they, he coaches with. And I think what Missouri gave Georgia last week, because Carson Beck, I think he's a serviceable quarterback, you know, his first year starting. I mean, he was behind – Stetson Bennett, who was about 24, 25 when the season started last year. So I like I like what George was doing. Uh, we I showed you the the meme, yeah. uh Kirby Smart's record November 2020 was like 48 and 14, and now it's 90 and 15. So <laughs> what he what he's done in Georgia the last few years, but I, I can see a situation where Ole Miss, because if Missouri doesn't turn that ball over when they're down six. And they and they march down the field and get a touchdown. It wasn't an impossibility for them to get a touchdown on that drive. Mm-hmm. Um, without the cause I think the quarterback, what he was seeing, there was a tight end that was leaking behind that defensive tackle. And I think he was trying to get it up and over. And I can't remember if he got hit or if he just didn't put enough arm into it. But what I saw, he was like somebody, like someone was blocking, leaked out. He was trying to dump it over the top of the defensive tackle. When he got the interception, he ran it down to the three, but at uh, the penalty he brought it back to nearly like midfield or like 45 or whatever. And then Georgia ended up getting the field goal, but I put him up nine. Um, so I could see Ole Miss potentially um, causing danger. But if Georgia just goes back to Smash Mouth football and using the, the power they have or front and the size they have up front, I, I don't think because Lane Kiffin is gonna he's gonna gamble. I can foresee a fake punt. I can foresee an early flea flicker, flea flicker, or some kind of like reverse play, just something that that's out of the norm because that's what coaches tend to do when they're a bit of a gunslinger and they're playing against a team that is markedly better than them. And you have like a nothing to lose kind of attitude. And I think Lane Kiffin kind of embodies that. So I can see him pulling something tricky, fake field goal, fake punt, you know, something along those lines to try to get an edge. Um, But ultimately, I think Georgia still pulls it out, especially at home. You know, when we talked about the record, I mean, 90 and 15, and it's 105 games coaching a team. It's unlikely that you're going to trick them into losing
0: pop quiz let's hear it so we know that the last time georgia lost the game was the sec title game a couple of years ago against alabama when was the last time or i'm gonna say when okay who was the last team to win at georgia tennessee final answer final answer South Carolina, the year was 2019. Georgia is a 17 point favorite, lost by three to the Gamecocks. But, uh, but anyway, you know, so yeah, so I was looking at this game, I was trying to find the pass for old Mr. Wynn. You know, um, you know how I am, I always say Lane Kiffin talks too much, absolutely. But I, but I like this Lane Kiffin I'm seeing because you know, going into Alabama. It was the Taylor Swift song, you know, the 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 uh, castle was crumbling and all that. You know, last week against AM, he was talking about how Jimbo Fisher was a great coach, and you know, he had AM's defense was you know so t- so great. This week he actually said that, like, we're playing with house money. So what I expect is a lot of fourth down attempts that yep. Georgia will probably stop. And, and Ole Miss is probably going to lose this game by 17 or so. Um, but Ole Miss has some – they have things going for them. You know, they, they average 3.4 sacks per game. So if they can get some pressure on Carson Beck. Last week against Missouri was the first time that I saw him rattled, I guess is the right word. Yeah. Like um, this is his first year, like you mentioned. But he's been great all year, you know. But last week was the first time – not that he played bad but last week didn't look like the rest of the season, you know, it was just like, Hey, okay. Like he's a little confused. Maybe he's, he's off kilter, if you will, you know, and you know, good news for Georgia is that there's word on the street that Brock Bowers might be coming back for this game. So we'll see if that's true or not. Um, So I think that Ole Miss plays too fast. They score too quickly. So even if they get points against Georgia, you know, they're not going to keep Georgia off the field long enough to take advantage of that. Yeah. You know, so even if they're successful, it can still bite them. You know, also, um, Trey like Pettis. Old
1: school Buffalo Bills.
0: Yeah. they
1: Buffalo Bills, yeah.
0: Trey Pettis. I'm no genius, but you probably don't want to lose an offensive lineman before you play Georgia. So those of you that don't know Trey Pettis, he was the one that got punched in the nuts last week, you know, by the Texas A&M player. Um, He broke a bone in his foot during practice this week. So he's going to be out. So that spells trouble for Ole Miss. Ole Miss, though, what they have going for them as well, close games. Remember the Minnesota Vikings last year? Ole Miss is 4-0 in one-score games this year. So if it's a tight game, they won't crack, you know. So if they can keep tight, you know, they're in there. You know, but the problem is, Missouri had success getting to the perimeter against Georgia. You know, running to the outside, sweeps, and all that kind of stuff. But Ole Miss is more of a power run up the middle in your face kind of offense. Marshawn Lynch, you know, what was it uh put the ball in his face or whatever it was? Yeah, uh, over it, and over and over and
1: over. Yeah, and over. that's not yeah.
0: gonna. That's not gonna get it done against Georgia. Georgia's too the back for shoulder
1: that. throw because they play aggressive like, press coverage, yeah. Missouri was killing them on those 4th and 10, fourth and seven, third and long with the back shoulders. Like, they just kept pressing. And them. I don't know if they know Jackson they like, all right, Dart. we'll just press it hard up the field and just throw a back shoulder. They're throwing a, they're throwing and a and lot I don't of know if Jackson. I don't know if
0: Jackson Dart can hit that. But he does have my former UTSA wide receiver, Zachariah Franklin. So, you know, maybe we can get something going on over there. But, yeah, I got, I got Georgia winning this game. I saw the spread 10 and a half. You know, I think Georgia covers, um, you know, but we'll see. I mean, obviously, if Tennessee can get the win in Como earlier in the day, they're going to have eyes on that game because if Ole Miss can win that game and Tennessee wins, then next week, Tennessee plays Georgia at home with a chance to take over the lead in the SEC the SEC's. East. So there you go. So, you know, you know, then. You know, we're going we gonna to go out to the West Coast late night with it. I saw Oregon favored by as much as 16-and-a-half over trojan Angeles. Now, last time we saw Caleb Williams, he was crying and he needed his dog.
1: Yeah, was he really crying with his mom in the stands? Yeah. In a November football game? Yeah. I, get, I understand the passion. But it's like just going a tunnel.
0: <laughs> but all go is not lost. Tunnel. All is not lost, USC. All you gotta do is go into Austin Stadium and win. And you put yourself right in the driver's seats for the driver's seat for the Pac-12 championship game. So, you know, so Mr. Logical, short and simple. They fired Alex Grinch. So we'll see what their defense looks like. Well, if you it? have a,
1: if you have a, if they have a scheme that they felt like he should have been running and he wasn't running it and that's why they fired him, then yeah, maybe it'll be better. But if they kept whoever else was also on his defensive staff and they're going to run the same scheme, then they're going to get the same results. Like if they had a guy that was like, listen, I'm definitely not going to run that cover four or cover three or whatever they were running. I'm just going to go man-to-man or cover two or whatever you're going to do, and it's going to be definitively different than the guy they just fired. Yeah, that might be a case because you already have the athletes because you're a California basketball team. You have the athletes. You should have been able to do better on defense than you were. So if that guy who was a defensive coordinator all offseason and this entire season couldn't figure it out, the guy that's already in the building that you put in position to call those plays won't figure it out either. So it's going to be another shootout to where USC is probably going to lose by maybe 16 and a half might be a stretch, but I could see them losing 48, 35. I'm
0: scared. Caleb that
1: Williams just throws just because he's because he's a talented quarterback. He's just going to make the throws that you need. But I just don't, I, I don't see how uh, there's another guy in the building that can construct that defense any better than the guy that was doing it all off season.
0: I'm scared that this may resemble the Notre Dame game. You know, because, you know, Oregon, you know, first in the nation in yards per carry.
1: Offensive of efficiency.
0: You know, keep Caleb Williams off the field. And, you know, why would that be a concern? Because USC is 115th in yards per carry, given up. So, you know, that's that. USC can run the ball. So, you know, uh, but Oregon isn't a washington type of offense they put up points but they don't do it in that quick strike way that washington does you know so that can buy usc some time if they bend but don't break win in the red zone hold or they the but
1: they put up a lot of points quickly against colorado i mean they put up 35 points in the first half you only get 30 minutes they didn't well, have to just, ball the whole 30 minutes well so, yeah you could do that if you can win the, the battle up front because your defense is in the position. Which but Colorado's I don't think that problem gonna problem was no. they don't have they didn't have the size up front, right? Right. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Put guys on the back end out of position, or you know they they couldn't they had to make plays at a different level. Well, if you are never in position, if I call an inside zone run and the linebacker is always just flowing out of the middle of the field, and my running back is running straight downhill and I'm getting 14 yards of pop-up, I'm right, going to score re- pretty quick.
0: You ready for this one? So I told you the other day, Dylan Johnson, the running back for Washington, four years in college football, never ran for 100 yards. Correct. Ran, ran for 250 last week. Against USC. He had 199 yards before contact. So, unless USC just scraps. That's the not gonna
1: change. That's yeah, not gonna change week. from one Saturday to the other yeah, Saturday.
0: If, if, this was, if, this, if they fired Grinch today and they played Oregon in two weeks, then maybe I could be like, hey, they got a couple of games to, to tune it up, and you know, but nah, I, I, not not in a week. So, with that being said, though, if USC can pull this win off, you know, obviously that causes chaos, knocks Oregon out of the college football playoff. Um, contention, but not only that. What about that Pac-12 championship game? Because Utah is taking a trip to Seattle to play against the Huskies. Utah already has two Pac-12 losses. They lost to Oregon and they lost to Oregon State. That's so, tough.
1: That's tough. Yeah, I'm not a big fan so, of Oregon, the state of Oregon, right now.
0: Well, this is the thing. If 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 Utah can beat Washington. They got two losses in conference. If USC beats Oregon, they both have two losses in conference. Oregon State has two losses in conference. Arizona has two losses in conference. The Pac-12 is in business, baby. The
1: entertainment business.
0: But but it would be that same thing that we always talk about. Is the Pac-12 going to eat itself? That's what we have the potential for this weekend. Now, I don't think Utah has the firepower to beat Washington.
1: I think Washington, this is their year. You can call it Team of Destiny. Ooh, that looked
0: bad. Yeah, I picked them for uh, the playoff, you know, to start the season. I had them in the playoff, so we'll see. You know, I did have them in the game. the high
1: quarterback, though. older experience, they're rolling. Uh, they've had their tough games. They've had their big games, the big you know, publicized games, like, you know, you got the USC game, Caleb Williams crying on the sideline. Uh, Like, as much as I want Utah to win, I just have to be realistic as a, you know, prognosticator and an analyst of the sport. (laughs) The quarterback play makes a difference. Mm -hmm. And when you have the better quarterback in Washington, uh, then Utah has and it's in. if it was in salt lake i always give them the advantage when it's in salt lake when it's up on that hill and it's sunny and it's the thin mountain air and all the red you know the forty-five thousand red oh that's yeah that's definitely a flagrant
0: well i gotta put this virginia game back on it came back and it's a 14 14 game in louisville folks and mr logical did you see that milwaukee lost that game
1: i was watching how they lost it didn't look good <laughs> And look yeah good, and look so at
0: all. so all right so so you know we got some other games going on this weekend you know we're gonna do some notes real quick but you know uh of course me I told y'all the other night I'm shaking in my little space boot powers because we got the canes coming in and I told you 21 and 16 against Miami at Miami 11 and 19 in Tallahassee you know, I've seen the spread at 13 and a half. I've seen it at no 14 sense. and a half. And this is my problem. This is my problem. Last week against Pitt, obviously Florida State didn't look so good. They got out of there with a 24 to 7 win. The problem was that I think a lot of people missed in that because they just wanted to call somebody overrated because that's what we do. Uh, yeah. Florida, Florida State was playing without both their starting receivers – you know, Johnny Wilson and Keon Coleman. Johnny Wilson's back at practice. So I'm expecting him to play. I still don't know if Keon Coleman's going to play. I still don't even know what's wrong with Keon Coleman. Like it just happened before in the game. I went to go set up my fan duel and, <laughs> and it said out undisclosed. So I don't know what's going on with Keon Coleman. I don't know if he's injured. I don't know if he has something personal going on, but, The good news, to some degree, no injury. I don't want to say injuries are good news, but Daryl Porter, Miami's best corner, left the game against NC State last week with an injury. So we'll see what his status is. So I cannot, for the life of me, and I know last year Florida State went to Miami and won forty-five to three. You know, but I you're worried
1: that Miami can
0: win this year. I still don't even know who Miami's quarterback is going to be. Like I was listening, I was listening to the Up and Smoke, I think that, or Through the Smoke, I think is the podcast, the Miami Hurricane podcast, I'm trying to get some intel. I don't listen to it regularly, but I was listening to it just because it's Florida State Week, and um, they were they were having a debate on which of three quarterbacks should start this weekend.
1: If so, you have three, you don't have one.
0: Yeah. So Tyler That's Van Dyke, good. two years ago, was the toast of the town. He was getting the Drake May love. He came into Tallahassee, Florida State won, you know, um, on the last possession. But uh, he, he was supposed to be a top 10 NFL draft pick, but he's been hurt. He got hurt last year. He's been hurt this year. He's back, but he's still throwing picks. They got Emery Williams, the freshman who came in when they beat Clemson a couple of weeks ago in overtime. Problem is, he didn't throw the ball more than three yards. True freshman. You know, and then they got another quarterback. I can't pronounce his name, but they got another quarterback that, you know, he's the future. You know, he's the do-it-all quarterback with the legs and everything. So I have no idea what quarterback is going to walk into that stadium. All I know is I'm going to be watching that game with one hand on my heart and the other hand on my butt, making sure nothing comes out. You know what I'm saying? All I know, and I know, and I know this was over 30 years ago, but every time I see orange and green, every time I see a U on the side of the helmet, the first thing that comes to my mind is wide right. So Miami haunts me. I think Florida State wins. I don't think there's no need to be scared and upset i mean you've been a little
1: bit more dramatic than you need to be for the sake of the fact that there's a lot of games where <laughs> the top teams could lose this weekend mike is selling this way too hard it's a there's rivalry a lot, game it's a lot of games this week where it's
0: one of the best rivalries the in college football in the top
1: six to eight of the college football playoff it can shape the landscape but ultimately these next couple of weeks are going to be fodder you got this week, yeah, you got some competitive games. You got the Ole Miss-Georgia game. But the week before the rivalry game, it's going to be some cupcakes. So it's going to be just a bunch of cupcakes. And if your rival is a team from another conference that really isn't that good, you're going to be able to coast. Like, Georgia's going to be able to coast for a couple of weeks into the SEC championship game. Bama's going to play somebody like Sam Houston State or Folsom or some, some prison football team or something like that. They're going to play them before they play Auburn. Uh, Texas is going to do the same thing. All of these schools are going to play. So right now, they just got to focus what they have in hand. And that's the thing. That's why you don't see a lot of upsets in college football because, I mean, when it comes down to it, you could just run the ball down and throw to the other team. Even if, you, if your quarterback can't pass, like the NFC Championship game last year when Brock Purdy couldn't throw it against the Eagles. If that happened against Michigan this week against Penn State, Michigan can just go out there and just run the ball for a half and throw a lick little quick screens and probably still win because yeah. they have that much more dominant up front than the other team.
0: I promise you. So Florida you, I, State
1: I, will be fine. I'm going to call it the, the announcer's jinx. Florida State will be fine. I Miami obviously has a coach that doesn't really understand time management things of that nature. That's why he got fired in different little places. But I, I, they're they're making a comeback. They're doing a turnaround. But Florida State will be fine.
0: I promise you, I will not do this before the Gator game. I promise you, I will not have the same thought and same nervousness when we play the Gators in two weeks. But with that being said, speaking of the Gators, that's the next question. Is Jaden Daniels going to play this weekend? You know, concussion Is he allowed to play? Well, he's practicing, but um, I haven't checked the reports for today, but yesterday he was allowed to practice but still wasn't cleared for contact yet. But I figure... If they're allowing him to practice, then he's probably on the right side of. He
1: went back in the game, yeah, for a play. It just was a it was a false start penalty, and they took him back out. Yeah. So at least he was capable enough to get up and go back in the game. Grant, maybe they maybe it was you know early, maybe a little premature to put him back in the game, but he went out for a play, came back, you know, came in. And I get that you know they're they're working out these guys look out for concussion protocol, but if they can play, if they can figure out a way to make it through that concussion test, these guys are gonna play.
0: Well, they 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 got they got the Gators coming in, so you know Billy (laughs) Napier, I suggest excuse me, I suggest you win that game. You know, especially if Jaden Daniels doesn't play, I suggest you win that game. I don't think he's gonna get fired, but. He gonna come into next season with a sweaty butt, you know. So, yeah, I don't like, know why
1: these college colleges are so quick to fire coaches because that I think that sets you back more than you think.
0: Well, it does, and it, and I think it just depends on the school itself. Like, you know, if this was say Ole Miss, it's probably not that way because Ole Miss doesn't win anything anyway. Like, you, you know, would they think the never-
1: same thing about Auburn. You would think like, oh, Auburn, you fire coach, you'll be able to bounce back because of the talent pool you have around, but.
0: Well, well, the problem with Auburn is your in-state rival is like the best team in college football ever. You know what I mean? Like, that's the problem. You got to keep up with the Joneses. But with Florida, like, they've won national titles in the past, you know, so they feel like I love this quote, you know, Mike Bianchi, formerly of the Orlando Sentinel, the Florida Gators, the arrogance of Notre Dame, the tradition of Wake Forest. So, Florida always thinks that they're a little bit higher of a level. And and in recent history, I mean, they've won all three of their, just like Florida State, they've won all three of their national titles within the last 30 years. You know, so like they're not Alabama, you know, from the standpoint of they've been winning championships since college football was created, you know, but they're more new money and they don't want to lose that position. And now you got your rival, Georgia you know, taking over the sport, back-to-back defending national champions, maybe going for a third one. So, I mean, I guess the pressure just burst pipes. But that's what the transfer portal is for. You can get somebody to come to Florida. Yeah, you should. I mean, you should be able to
1: recruit that state pretty well because it's pretty easy to.
0: Yeah, I heard Danny Cannell mentioned today that uh uh Jalen Daniels over at Kansas, you know, might be going to USC next year. So, you know, like... We are already getting transfer portal rumors, which brings me to NC State. The reason why I picked Wake Forest over them is because uh, they got some turmoil. You know, quarterback MJ Morris came in because uh, Brendan Armstrong from Virginia was stinking up the joint, as they say. Uh, he went three and one as a starter. And then he pulled himself and said, I'm redshirting." Now, I don't know if that means he's going to transfer. Like, his father came out and said that he's not planning on transferring. But there's a whole lot of time between November 9th, 2023, and August 2024. So we'll see what happens there. And Virginia, I be damn, just fumbled on a pitch, picked it up, and ran it into the end zone. And now they're about to take a touchdown lead. Or he fumbled. He, He was running. He got hit. Fumbled. Fell on the ground. Everybody's on the ground. Another player from Virginia picks it up, runs it into the end zone. So we're about to be 21 to 14. Pending 21 the, you know,
1: points in the third quarter. Yeah, All the, They went 14-0 at halftime, 21 unanswered points in the third quarter.
0: Yeah, and, of course, it was Malik Washington, you know, uh, one of the best receivers in college football, you know, that picked it up, you know, because that's what the best players do. They just find the ball. Syracuse and Pitt. Nobody cares about that game. I just wanted to mention it because they're playing in Yankee Stadium this weekend. You know, uh, can Cincinnati get their first Big 12 win? You know, they're playing against Houston this week. You know, they're the only one of the new Big 12 schools that have not won a game yet. So, you know, good luck, Cincinnati. And then finally, <clears throat> my last note. Can Liberty make the New Year's 6? So they're undefeated.
1: Undefeated, I saw that.
0: They, they play in the next to weakest G5 conference, the max probably the weakest and CUSA is probably the next level up from that. I'm going to see what, so, what potential
1: bowl game they could get in.
0: So, so this is the thing. This is the thing you got Tulane, you know, who went to the new year six and beat Trojan Angeles last year. Cause remember USC gave up 46 to them. Um, you know, they, lo- their only loss this season was to Ole Miss without their starting quarterback. But they got UTSA coming up in two weeks. You know, UTSA has already lost uh, three games. So they're probably not going to make the New Year Six even if they win the American. They're undefeated in conference right now. So we got that same situation where UTSA, SMU, and Tulane are all undefeated, but only UTSA and Tulane play each other. SMU's starting quarterback has been hurt. They got Memphis coming up, you know, so what happens? You know, over in the Mountain West, we saw Air Force get their pants pulled down by Army last week. My at dad texted
1: me as soon as that game was over, retired Army <laughs> veteran. They texted me all day as soon as the game ended. Boop,
0: boop. Yeah, up at Mile High. Got embarrassed at Mile High. And uh, so they lost that game. Fresno State lost a couple of weeks, uh, you know, to Wyoming. So those are the two front runners right now for the Mountain West. But if those teams end up losing another game, is Liberty's schedule weak enough? The answer is yes. But is it weak enough that you keep an undefeated team out of the New Year's Six to put a two-loss team in? We'll have to see. You know what I'm saying? But now it is time for some NFL pit. Not going to be wrong. I want one My of those all things. I'm gonna be wrong. Whenever we get, whenever we get like a soundboard, I need that thing to We'll get
1: you a know, producer.
0: Said, you know, said I need that. But uh, yeah, I picked the Bears tonight. You picked Carolina. Correct. You know, so we got a ten to nine slobber knocker going on in the third quarter. Just a Car- real
1: slugfest going on over yeah, here. Carolina's Chicago. only
0: touchdown is on a punt return by former Bear Amir Smith Marset. You know, uh, we got, of course, we got DJ Moore and um, Deontay Foreman from the Bears that played for Carolina last season. You know, uh, Moore, of course, was a part of the draft trade and everything that ended up getting Carolina Bryce Young. So a lot of storylines here that are a lot better than the game. So, (laughs) but uh, let's go ahead and get this thing started. You know what I'm saying? My! Washington Commanders fresh off the win against the Patriots going up to the Pacific Northwest to go play in front of the 12th man who you got.
1: Uh, I'm going to take Washington just because I saw Seattle's favorite by six and a half points. And I don't know how they get favored for, by six and a half points when they only scored three points four days ago. <laughs> So just that alone, just like, you know what? I go watch it. I like what BNM doing with Sam Howell. His numbers are better than Patrick Mahomes. Shout out to Eric BNM. Maybe you get yourself into the coaching conversation again.
0: Maybe, maybe, you work he, just,
1: maybe he gets a promotion. Promotion. They get, well, normally, like, that doesn't really work out because that puts you behind eight ball because you come with these extra lofty expectations and they kind of cut a year off your growth. They figure you were there for a year. And that was your learning year. And now we got rid of the guy. Now you need to be successful this year going forward kind of thing. Yeah. It happens. So, and that's why, like, those interim coaches, like, man, just go ahead and, and, and coach well and interview for another job. Don't even try to get the current job. Uh, but I'll take watch. So like, like I said, I like what B. enemy's doing. Uh, you know, sometimes when you you tank, you give other guys opportunity you know, guys have been kind of itching to play behind Sweat and Chase Young. Maybe they get an opportunity you know, holds on the ball too long, guy gets strip strip sack. Yeah. So we'll go with that. So I'll take Washington.
0: You know why I'm picking Seattle? Because you don't like picking your team? No, it's because I know my team. Washington, instead of the commanders, they should be called the Washington elixirs. Because when there's something ailing your team, You just play Washington, and it will all go away. We saw a couple of Thursday nights ago these same Chicago Bears come into FedEx Field and put up a 40-burger. You know, we saw the Giants, who are last in the league in scoring, beat Washington and hold Washington to seven points.
1: Yeah, but they also averaged like 31 points in their two games versus Philly.
0: Yeah, that th- which which tells me that they go up and down depending on their competition, but this is but this is the key. Why did I bring up the elixir? Because Geno Smith has thrown six interceptions in his last four games. He ain't gotta worry about that against Washington secondary.
1: <laughs>
0: you know, and then since their bye week in week five. In three of their games, three of their four games after the bye, they have scored 13, 10, and three. So you know what? You feeling bad, Seattle? Come on and get you some commander. You'll feel better right away. You know, so I'm going with Seattle, you know. Um, you know, I, I do like where Washington is headed. You know, I you know obviously I didn't want to lose Montez with and Chase Young, you know, especially, like I said, with the ills of the secondary. So that was a tough pill to swallow, but you know, maybe that'll galvanize the team and you know, maybe there was some locker room stuff that we don't know about, you know all that kind of stuff. um true how how looks good, uh, but Seattle's defense is much improved. so i'm gonna I'm gonna take Seattle. um I'm a reverse, I'm a reverse on you real quick because I know I told you one thing in our pre-show, but I changed my mind. So changed I, your mind already? I changed my mind. I was battling with myself and I don't want to do like I picked Wash I picked Seattle because I was like, hey, let me just look at this and take the simple answer or whatever. So I am going to take the Colts over the Patriots. I'm gonna go with it. Playing over in Germany. Uh the Colts are top 10 That's in funny, rushing.
1: because I literally did the same thing.
0: Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> They're top 10 in rushing, 12th in total yards. And they have the seventh best scoring offense in the NFL. Problem is their defense, obviously. But the Patriots only average 15 points a game. And Mac Jones, like, I don't know if it's a, like, I don't know. Bill O'Brien was supposed to fix it, you know. And both of us thought that New England would be better just from the standpoint of He had a defensive coordinator calling his offensive plays. Now you got an actual offensive coordinator, a good offensive coordinator coming in there, and it still don't look right. But it goes back to something that you said earlier about a whole different team. We were talking about Patrick Mahomes and his lack of dependable receivers. Yeah.
1: New England England has the
0: same thing. They just don't have Patrick Mahomes. So I don't know why I'm making this harder than it needs to be. Give me the Colts. (laughs)
1: The thing with the Patriots that you always can kind of lean on is I think Belichick has a philosophy and a game plan that works, Mm -hmm. but it all has to work. You ever watch like those cooking shows, like those baking shows and they got to make like, you know, like the drink reality shows and all that. And it was like, you got 12, you got 35 minutes to make this drink or whatever. Yeah. And if everything goes according to plan, when you present the drink to the judge, it's incredible. But the problem is, if you can't find a soft enough line to squeeze and get the right whatever, whatever, and now somebody else has used up all the ice and it's like, what do I do? That's kind of what New England. So New England, when it when it all flows, where they can get the ball first drive and get you a six or seven minute drive and get a touchdown, uh if they could do that and then they can implement their defensive strategy after they got the ball a lot of times they'll get the ball and they won't score and then they can never get to where they can implement what they want to do defensively because now the other team doesn't have to fear like oh they're not in rhythm today like i can see mac jones isn't on today the game plan isn't working today but with bill sometimes just when it works it's on it's like how did they you know, like how they lose 38-3 to Dallas, but they play Philly and Miami tough in back-to-back weeks prior to the 38-3 loss to Dallas. You know, it's just right. one of those things. Um, Indy, they have nothing to lose. They got a backup quarterback that's basically auditioned to be the backup somewhere else. Hopefully, thinks think he could be a starter. Um,
0: and but and it, as you can it, see... They have better
1: weapons than... than, than than New England, England, so we'll go with that.
0: Yeah, and they got uh, the second leading rusher in the NFL, too, Zach Moss, and uh, as you saw on Mr. Logical screen, Devontae Foreman takes the ball into the end zone, so 16-10 Chicago. Uh, So, yeah, so then, remember that uh, intro that I said was going to make you laugh? So, Jordan Love has played 18 in 18 games. He didn't start all of them, but he's played in 18 games. How many interceptions do you think he has?
1: 12.
0: 11. That's close. 11. (laughs) He has eight alone this season, you know, when he was starting. So this is the thing that always surprises me every week. When I look at these stats, the Steelers have the 31st ranked defense meaning next to last, but
1: that's but, awful,
0: but they forced that's 16 awful. turnovers. So you just never know. You would never even think about it. Cause every time you see it, they're forcing a turnover, you know, JJ or JJ, Watt, TJ Watts in there getting sacks, you know, they're, they're getting fumbles, you know, like the, we remember the Monday night game against Cleveland, you know, where Cleveland had the five turnovers, but Cleveland then, still scored a lot in that game. You know, but so, so like it's always hard for me to realize it just feels wrong to say that Pittsburgh doesn't have a good defense. It just doesn't feel right. It's not Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh has a
1: good defense, they just have such a pedestrian offense. And it's just, and they have, the, their players are shaped like talented players. I'm not sure exactly how good they are. But Najee Harris is just a big back. He's like Derrick Henry size. Like, if you... Like, I think he's like 6'2", 240. That's Derrick Henry size. But Derrick Henry looks like a guy who was that big playing running back because of the way that Tennessee's offense flows through him. Mm-hmm. Najee Harris never looks like that. Uh, Pickens is like 6'4", 215, 220.
0: And he's really good.
1: They just don't get him the ball. That's A.J. Brown and Julio size. That's a big dude. But Kenny Pickett is basically a JV quarterback that's filling in for the varsity guy that, you know, got suspended for a couple of games. That's what it looks like. He does not look like he's on par with the other players they have offensively.
0: With his little hands. I don't
1: think his hands are little. I just think he likes to wear the gloves. I think the gloves make him look like less intimidating. Like I need you, I need you to be sucking the blood off your fingers like Joe Burrow was <laughs> in the Sunday night game against Buffalo. Like he didn't call a timeout; he just was out there just biting off his fingernail, or whatever he's. I think it was on his throwing hand. He just was like, you just know, looking, side, getting, getting
0: the play, just like eating blood off his hands. I think you, sometimes you need that, especially when you're a quarterback. Note, side note: Was I the only person that was disgusted by Steve Nash constantly licking his hands during games? Everybody, <laughs> like. I noticed that there guy,
1: like, I saw a game. I think the guy called, like an eight yard out route. He caught it, flipped the ball to the ref, spit on his gloves. I was like, if I'm the ref, I'm like, this is what y'all doing after every play? Like, you caught yeah. the ball, but you spit on your, you got to stick them gloves on.
0: Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. So I got Pittsburgh winning this game, you know, um, I think it'll be close just because, you know, you mentioned. They can't his score first any offense. points. Right. Yeah. So I could see something like 19 to 13 or something along those lines. Like, just 2013, 2016. Yeah. Late touchdown. You know, it, man, that pass that Bryce Young just threw. That, 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 you know, you know, when, uh, you know, the ball wobbles, they call it a duck. Yeah. Like he just threw that pass and that shit looked like a boomerang. Like, Was it like know, a look,
1: quick pass or something?
0: Yeah, he was he was rushing. Like I don't even think he needed to rush, but it was like, you know, he maybe he heard footsteps or something. You know, is it cold uh,
1: in Chicago? A lot of guys aren't wearing sleeves, so let's see. Is this the throw? Because I think you're a few seconds ahead of me. Nah, that was a more accurate. No, no, it's
0: not. It was the play before that. It was the play before that. Um, but yeah. So so yeah. Um, then the most confusing game of the week for me. The Saints. Against the Vikings. So confused about that game. I have no idea who's going to win that game. Um, I have no idea what the Saints are. You know, they're awful at home, which when would you ever say that? Doesn't make a lot of sense. Here's, Here's something for you. They actually average six more points on the road than they do at home. It just doesn't make sense. They're just not a good
1: coach team.
0: They're just not a good team, you know, uh, but the Vikings, you know, they're down cam makers, you know, uh, Achilles out for the season. We got to see if KJ Osborne is going to play because he got the concussion last week. Yeah, he, He's, he, he caught a- that whole helmet. Yeah. He just, boom, right so, to the face. So I think I'm going to take the Saints, you know, they're seventh in total defense. And, you know, Flores has been doing a good job the last couple of weeks with Minnesota's defense. But I just think that Derek Carr will make one more play.
1: I think Minnesota they're going to ride their, their fairy tale season. I like Josh Dobbs. I just feel like when it comes down to it, he made a lot of mistakes early on when he came in mm-hmm. in the Atlanta game. It just Atlanta had the ball inside the five after a turnover, couldn't get a touchdown. They had another turnover. Couldn't get a touchdown. Whereas I think other teams will capitalize, mainly being New Orleans. Because Josh, he's going to make a mistake because I don't know if Justin, if Justin Jefferson's back on play and you're out KJ Osborne. Check out the stat
0: on your screen, real quick.
1: First seven okay. starts of all these guys.
0: Yeah. So oh, I'm trying up- to say
1: don't give up hope. Yeah, don't all these give up. guys yet. are six foot four and, and taller, though.
0: <laughs> Matt Stafford has six touchdowns and twelve interceptions. <laughs>
1: they're, all, they're they're
0: all like, all right, but go ahead, go ahead. I just wanted you to see that real playing quick. quarterback, and that's gonna be the
1: difference. <laughs> yeah, they they could stand in, And Joe Burrow got injured, and they had to like revamp the offensive line to get better and get yeah, better I just, wanted you, to, I just yeah. wanted
0: you to see that real quick, but yeah, Minnesota. Are um, so you taking Minnesota to win.
1: I'm taking New Orleans just because I think Minnesota like inevitably he's going to make some mistakes. If you don't if he if he has Justin Jefferson maybe like I don't know if he can come back yet. Yeah, I know what the I He opened up are. his
0: window. He they opened up his practice window. Yeah. But so from I don't what know I, if he it doesn't look like he's if, if he can't
1: come back and then you're out Osborne and then you're out Acres. It just I know these guys are all professional NFL players but you're bringing in a lot of backups to play against a a a team of defensive starters. It's just unlikely that you have that kind of conglomerate of backups playing short notice, playing out of position and they're just going to line up and just beat, you know, another top, you know, you know, New Orleans is pretty top tier defense, top 10, top 12 currently every year. So yeah, I'm going to go yeah. ahead and give the, the edge to New Orleans in that game.
0: Okay. All right. So, uh, Carolina just punted the ball. We're at 426 left in the third quarter. Still 16-10 Chicago. Louisville is on the move. Just got a pass interference against Virginia. So they're at the Virginia 43 right now. All right. So then, what might be the game of the week that nobody's talking about? Word. Cincinnati and Houston. Cincinnati has awakened. They are back. Bryce, oh, not Bryce Young. CJ Stroud (laughs) just broke the record for rookie pass yards in the game. My guy Tank Dell going off, you know, from the University of Houston. You know, uh, now, I think Houston has a chance to win this game. But I wouldn't dare pick it. Why not? I just think that Cincinnati's on a different level right now. Like, you know, they 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 had their early season funk that they usually go through. You know, I just think that's, I don't know. I just think it's too much. Like, uh, I think Cincinnati's just at a different level right now.
1: Cincinnati has all their weapons. They got Mixon. They got Higgins. Mm-hmm, they got Chase. Chase. And they got Burrow seemingly healthy.
0: I don't know how he got healthy. How'd he get healthy?
1: maybe just, just stretch it out a lot. Just didn't, Maybe he didn't practice throughout the week. Maybe he didn't work on certain drills and just like, listen, you're just going to, you know, maybe they just kept it light. Because you figure like, what is he, 24?
0: Something like that, maybe. Something like
1: that. I mean, you, you remember what life was like when you're 24. You used to bounce back from all kinds of stuff. Now he probably just was one of those situations where they protected him with the play calling. Because I don't recall him like throwing 50 times a game in that stretch.
0: Well, I guess I mean, the he had, Rams, he threw a lot on that Monday night game.
1: But they weren't far. They weren't, I think, something about, like, a lot of his passes were five yards. Mm-hmm. So, basically, they're long handoffs. Like, right. Grant, I know that's 15 feet. You know, it's difficult for me to throw consistently five yards in the <laughs> NFL game. But a, a quarterback that's been to the Super Bowl, it's not too difficult for him. That's probably what they did. Like, you know what? We'll keep it simple. Get the ball in the playmaker's hands probably why chase and get the ball a lot because he's your over-the-top threat and it's like we don't have time to get you these routes as often as, as we want mm-hmm. but i think now they have it higgins was just catching the ball and like it just and the collinsworth was talking about how he's like i don't know how they're going to be able to keep all these guys he's like just the salary cap won't allow it but he's like for right now he's like they look like they're back mm-hmm. um, they only scored 24 points because Buffalo, but it didn't. It felt more like 30 31 points. It felt more like they were in complete control of that game from the offensive side of the ball. And then Mixon wasn't doing well running the ball until they had to start running it. They run, eat the clock up, and he was getting like three or four yards of run. They, they had him pretty well boxed in, but they stuck to it. That's one thing I, I admire about them. They stuck to the run game and they essentially, you know, locked the game up that way. So I like the Houston story at four and four, potentially getting to five and four. Um, but I think the the playmakers on the offensive side of the ball for Cincinnati are gonna be the, the difference.
0: Yep. Um then, you know, a game that most people would probably think is the game of the week, and I can make a statistical argument why it might be the best game of the week. Baltimore hosting Cleveland. Um, now Baltimore, you know, at home, besides the Colts game, because you know, they lost that game in overtime, they've looked like what we used to the Saints looking like at home, or what we think of Seattle like at home.
1: So, dominant,
0: yeah, like, um, this season at home, Baltimore has outscored their opponents 143 to 56. That includes holding Seattle to three this past weekend. I believe Detroit scored six on them a couple of weeks ago. Um, This is a matchup of the first, number one being Baltimore, and third, rushing offenses. This is a matchup of the first, first being Cleveland, and second, pass defenses. <laughs> so, Lamar, it's time to earn your money, baby. Um, I always know, want to
1: pick Baltimore and I always want to pick against Cleveland, but when you like give the numbers, it's like this is a pickup game, it's a toss, it really
0: is. And, and you got to remember, they played earlier this year, Baltimore won, I believe, 28 to three, but Deshaun Watson didn't play that game. You know, DTR started that game, and you know, it was his first start, it just didn't go very well playing against that type of defense. So, so that's, I'm, not, that's not
1: how you want to be indoctrinated into the NFL.
0: No, I'm still I'm still going with Baltimore, but I think it's going to be a tight game. Maybe maybe neither team goes to tw- gets to uh, 23 points, but of course with Baltimore being at home, there's the potential that this could be a 31 to three type game.
1: Let's see what the weather forecast is for this weekend. It's supposed to be like 70. It's like 70 degrees is something ridiculous. <laughs> 52, sunny. Yeah, that I was trying to see maybe if the if there was rain, it would impact either team. Mm-hmm. Doesn't seem to be the case. Seems like it's going to be good weather. I, it should shape up to be a good game. One of those 24, 20 games where it's just the numbers will be ugly. Mm-hmm. quarterback 17 for 28 211 yards touchdown on the pick something like that i don't think it'll be a pretty game it definitely will be high scoring mm-hmm. um but i can see like what defense makes the play who who gets the interception late in the third that kind of shifts the momentum one of those kind of games because i don't really fully believe in cleveland's offense because it's inconsistently because they're starting quarterback hasn't been there for two seasons. They've had a good defense for years. Miles Gary been the anchor of that defense because essentially any free agent defensive end is like, oh, I can go to Cleveland and be opposite of Miles Gary while he's getting double teamed and I can get off on this side. It seems like that helps those guys out a lot. Mm-hmm. But Cleveland doesn't match the offensive firepower that they have with the defensive, you know, coordination that they have. So that always makes it look like Miles Gary has to do everything.
0: Mm-hmm. To get
1: them short field so they can get a 14-10 lead at halftime because he he created a fumble or he he stopped the jet sweep and now the other team has to punt. So if if it's one of those games where he is he has to be the man, it could be tough because, you know, offensively you got to put the points up. You can't just rely solely on Miles Garrett to be the guy that's wrecking habit rec- have it for Baltimore. Mm-hmm. You got to do it when you get the ball back. So if that doesn't happen, then yeah, I see Baltimore winning it easily. But you look at Cleveland, man. It's like you want to pick against them, and then they go out and beat the brakes off uh, San Francisco.
0: Yeah, they're uh like like we said the other day: Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, all five and three. You know, Baltimore seven and two. So you know, if Cleveland wins this game, you know we talked about we picked Pittsburgh, we picked Cincinnati that division is going to be in a lock jaw, you know? So uh, Tennessee looks like they have given the keys to Will Levis. Uh, he's officially I like it. starter. I like it. I like you it. know, he's, he's played well, you know, definitely better than I would have thought that he would have played. Um, so. I like it because it's
1: definitive. I like it because it was a decision made clearly like this, we're going to do this. And you go to, Run with it. It also buys Raybould another year.
0: Yeah, that too. All because right, quiz. This year and next year. Hot quiz. Who's the worst pass defense in the league? Uh,
1: I thought it was the Chargers, but I think they might have improved over the last couple of weeks. It was Denver. That changed. I'm assuming this is where this conversation. I'm gonna go with Tampa Bay.
0: Well, sort of. The answer is still the Chargers. But Tampa is 31st. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So uh, so this isn't gonna be. So Will Levis had an okay game, but he was playing against Pittsburgh. You know, so you expect that Thursday night football at Pittsburgh. You know, had a Brooklyn great game against Atlanta. He had a great game against Atlanta. He's going to have a great game against Tampa Bay, I believe. Tampa Bay still can't run the ball. They try now. They didn't try before. Now they try, but they just can't do it. So, I don't know
1: how you can't run that
0: that's
1: That has to be scheme because it can't be talent. It has to be like the scheme. Like you're just not.
0: Oh, yeah. It's got to be scheme because Byron Leperch ain't there no more.
1: Your blocking just doesn't match your play call. Like, oh, we're going to run this kind of run, but you don't have.
0: their offensive coordinator is a first-time offensive coordinator too. You know, so that that matters, you know. But uh, I'm going with Tennessee in this game.
1: I picked Tennessee as well. I mean, like I said, I like Baker Mayfield. I like his moxie. Mm-hmm. I, just, I just think he's on a team that's in shambles. I think they leveraged their – they leveraged the potential bad years to have Tom Brady there for the three good years. And he worked out because they got a chip out of it.
0: Ooh, Anthony Calandria might be about to take Tony Musket's job. You know, uh, Virginia's back in the red zone. Um, You know, Sunday is normally a day for prayer. (laughs) You know, people go to church and, you know, worship and all that. So it might be time to pray for one Trevor Lawrence. Because the 49ers have had a week to digest this three-game losing streak. You know, Brock Purdy has had a week to get over whatever headaches he had, you know, because something was obviously wrong with him against Cincinnati. Um, You gave Shanahan a week to game plan for you, you know. So I like San Francisco in this game, but something that I thought was interesting. So, of course, the 49ers have lost their last three games. Correct. They haven't won a game since October 8th. Jacksonville hasn't lost since the month of September. So, you know, this is one of those things. You
1: Jacksonville's know. wins have been fool's gold because yeah. we could talk about stats and game and impact and game management. I know that, that was a big knock on Brock Purdy. He's like, oh, he's a game manager. If you rely on him, they have to throw you to victory, yada, yada, yada. Trevor Lawrence still has nine touchdown passes mm-hmm. in nine games. Mm-hmm. And a passing league. Mm-hmm. When he is a he's not he's not a game manager quarterback. He's a he got weapons, armed, big body quarterback with weapons, multiple weapons. Ridley, Kirk, Ingram, Zay Jones, ATN, Doug Peterson is the head coach, so he has the framework for a a high powered offense. It just has. I think it might have been the situation. Maybe they're just he's just playing smart. He's like, hey, you know what? We can run the ball, whatever the case may be. But with that being said, he still only has nine touchdowns. So the whole game management moniker that we've kind of attached to the hip of Brock Purdy can be applied to a lot of these other quarterbacks. San Francisco, I think they'll win this game. I don't want to say they win easily. Um, I just haven't seen a game where Trevor had to throw it 40, 42 <coughs> times, 45 times, and have to go for 300 yards and a few touchdowns like he hasn't had that game and it's not like they've been playing terrible opponents you know they played atlanta they played buffalo they you know they played some good games
0: mm-hmm.
1: they played a couple overseas and i, I think that kind of jump-started them
0: but you know it's crazy Be
1: one of those games where it might be a situation where you can be down 14-0 rather quickly
0: mm-hmm. like yeah it's just i don't i don't know like i just think that Jacksonville's just in the wrong wrong place at the wrong time. San <laughs> like I would have probably picked San Francisco, no matter who they were playing this week. You know, just on some they had to buy, they got it to you know they're going to get it back together now, and you know, um, yeah. So I got San Francisco. Uh, then you mm-hmm. got then you got another potential game of the week. You got Detroit playing against the Chargers. And then last I got time, Detroit all the way, I do too. Last time we saw Detroit, they were getting embarrassed by Baltimore coming off the bye. You know, Chargers come, they're at home, but you know, short week, they were, you know, Monday Night Football, but they were at home too. So, like, no, you
1: they know, I think Detroit got a win bef- after that. Did they? Yeah, I think I thought, they got I a win. After
0: that. I thought Detroit was on bye last week.
1: They got a win. I'm trying to think because I watched it. When Pittsburgh, who was let's see, it? I'm
0: gonna look this up real quick. Was uh, it the Bears? See. Yeah, so they were on bye last week. And what then... was their game
1: before? Was it the Bears?
0: Oh, it was the Monday night football game against the Raiders. Yeah, that's uh, what yeah, it I was. It. The Raiders I game. About that. Yeah, I forgot about that. Um, yeah, so so Detroit, you know, coming off the bye week, you know, um, Detroit's just different this year, you know, I, you know, Jarrett Golf. You know, my MVP, you know, has been, you know, of course, the Baltimore game, you know, notwithstanding, (laughs) but but, you know, but uh, the Chargers, they're just too topsy turvy, you know, up and down week to week. You never know what you're going to get. Life is like a box of chocolates, Jenny, (laughs) you know, like you just never know what you're going to get from the Chargers. So, you know, I'm going with Detroit. Um, I think it's going to be a shootout. You know, like I think it'll it'll look like.
1: I think it'll be
0: score-wise.
1: I think the score, the Chargers don't score a lot of points. Ever since Justin Herbert's first year where he kind of came out of nowhere and threw like over 30 touchdowns, it's been going down every year. And I think last year, I think he was like 25 touchdowns, 11 picks. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I think every year, Staley gets more and more conservative and they become more and more mundane. It's like, you're playing, they're, it's like they're playing with this fear that something can go wrong. I'm like, you have too much talent not to just go for it. Like, defensively, you got Khalil Mack on one side, Joy Bolson on the other side. It's like, I'm blitzing up the gaps like crazy. Mm-hmm. I'm putting pressure on you, and I don't think they do that at all. They don't put pressure on you offensively. They don't put pressure on you defensively. They just sit back and just jab. They just like they just jab. I'm like, yo, you're a heavyweight boxer. I remember once I was training in this MMA gym and I was like bouncing on my toes. And this guy was like, what are you doing? He was like, you're too big for that. He was like, you need to get down here, stay on your toes, but stop bouncing. He's like, that's not what you need to do. He's like, you see all these shoulders. He's like, you need to duck behind these shoulders and just throw bombs from here. He's like, you don't need to be bouncing like these other little guys. I think the Chargers do that. They they operate like they have a young team. It's like no, you should be. They should be putting up points offensively, and they should be destroying people defensively. Between Jaron Dame, James, the bad JC Jackson, for some reason that couldn't work out. Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, they had Tranquil, they let him go. It just they they don't operate like a team that has talented players. They operate like a coach that doesn't want to get fired. Like they should be putting up twenty-seven points a week with that, with the quarterback you have, with his lack of ego, he doesn't. Eckler's a
0: touchdown machine.
1: Eckler's a touchdown machine. Get the I forgot about Eckler. That's what I'm saying. Like that's how many players they have. And you forgot about Derwin James too. I, I said Derwin James on the, Oh, no. did you say Darwin? Okay, yeah. I missed it. But, but, I, the, yeah. like, but I didn't say him first. I said right. and Joe right, first. right, now right. Now he right. Comes back with the Darwin James. Like you have so much talent at every level where you need it. Yep. And it's like, not we're going to get 17 points or 20 points or we're going to be it's, it just, like I said, that's why I don't know why people are picking them to win AFC West or picking them to, because they, they don't they don't function like a team that goes out in the field, puts their helmet on and expects to win.
0: Because nobody wants to do the same thing, you know, like the Chiefs have owned that division. So everybody wants to get their bid in and it's over. The Chiefs are over, you know, like, no, the Warriors are over. The Chiefs aren't over.
1: <laughs> you know, uh, this one championship. Like, you last know, hoisting a trophy last summer. We got
0: 24 to 17. Virginia gets the field goal, 754 to go. You know, can we get an upset? Number 11, Louisville on the ropes. So, uh, your team has a returning Kyler Mary to deal with. We What's are- your thoughts?
1: Ah, that's going to be a win for Atlanta because arizona's tanking
0: yeah i don't care what you say he's got to get some rhythm too
1: yeah get you some know, he rhythm d- yeah get some trade value <laughs> Yeah, you
0: because know, someone's
1: someone's gonna need a quarterback next year tampa bay's gonna need a quarterback uh who else is gonna need a quarterback next year that's gonna be willing to trade that it won't be in position hell atlanta might need a quarterback <laughs> so he's out here auditioning the
0: rams probably need to get another backup right
1: The <laughs> you know, rams might need another starting quarterback I you mean. know the
0: rams might be the rams might have to go get zach wilson or something or maybe oh, he man. goes
1: out there and they uh and they dominate who knows
0: yeah maybe but yeah i got atlanta too who's starting for the giants this weekend
1: uh some dude named danny devito yeah Tommy he, was in, DeVito. he was in a movie he was in uh-huh. a movie with Arnold schwarzenegger called Twins.
0: Tommy DeVito, uh, yep. Carolina DeVito, with the field goal.
1: Who they they brought in another guy? Uh I know that's what I was about to pop Barclay. quiz you.
0: Yep, Matt Barkley. Yep, Matt so Barkley.
1: 16-13. Matt Barkley came in.
0: 16-13, Carolina with 11.06 left. But yeah, uh Matt Barkley's the backup. That was going to be my pop quiz. Well, since you got that one.
1: Nailing it, so you, dog. That's what I yeah. did.
0: So 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 how many points are the Giants averaging this year?
1: Well, 15 and a half. 11.2. That I gave them more credit than they deserve. You know, yeah. It's a lot I of did. passionate Giants fans around here, too. That's that's the crazy thing. Like a lot of passionate Eagles fans, and Giants fans, and they are another team. They're just like the Chargers. You don't give, you don't you you your scheme, your whatever it is, it just they never give enough. It's like they weren't averaging that many points last year. Yeah.
0: You know, um, I you know, they got the Cowboys, you know, and we saw what happened on opening night with Daniel Jones. What you know, that? So it
1: was seven to seven, sixteen and a half, 16 and a half, I think, or 17 and a half. The Look spread, the spread,
0: oh, I, had, I didn't even see that one, yeah. The I didn't spread even...
1: for the Dallas Giants game, I think it's 15 and a half.
0: Let's see, I'm looking at it right now, yeah. That's nuts. If so, like, I mean, I don't care who's the quarterback in an NFL game, that's yeah, 17. Yeah. So you know, uh, because
1: in the in the Giants, the Giants Jets game a couple weeks ago in the rain, the Giants didn't call a pass. They just kept giving it to Saquon.
0: I need I need to go somewhere like I need somebody to sit down with me and teach that me how fun. to come up with spreads. Because, you know, like Baltimore is a six and a half point favorite, you know, over Cleveland, you know, um, Tampa Bay's favorite over 10. Well, I guess I can understand that when they're at home. You know, uh yeah, how you
1: has Seattle six and a half over Washington after they only at, scored three last week.
0: Atlanta's a two point favorite over Arizona, you know. Uh the Jets are a one point favorite on the road, you know, like Jets shouldn't be favorite over anybody right now, except for maybe Jets are favorite.
1: well, I guess they're starting a rookie.
0: Well, yeah, that too. But uh, but but either way it goes, I'm still picking the Raiders.
1: You're picking the Raiders in that one, yeah. So we're both picking Dallas. I'm taking the Raiders just because Zach Wilson just seems to look like his his rookie year highlight looks exactly the same as last week. His haircut's the same, no face like nothing's different. Like you look exactly the same as you did when you look confused. Remember that draft when they were all taking pictures and mm-hmm. he was standing around look like an insurance salesman. He looks exactly <laughs> as confused in that picture as he does every week. And he maybe says, he's maybe he needs to find a younger right. girl. Yo, they, Nick Wright, you know, first things first, he was on this. He was like, they are going to lose their season as soon as Aaron Rodgers got injuries like because they are not going to go out and get a serviceable backup quarterback.
0: Like the Rams just did.
1: Like the Rams did. Carson, for whatever people say about Carson Wentz, that year in Indianapolis, he went 27 touchdowns, seven picks. Yes, he does make the bonehead throw that just baffles you. Like, why would you throw it out of the end zone? Like, well, why would you call a pass play where he was potentially getting sacked for a safety, whatever the case may be. Um, but the, the, the jets for as passionate as their fan bases. And like, they're there. The stadium design is awful. It's crazy. Like you're like leaning over the top. It's on the water. So if it's cold that day, it's cold. It just whips through the stadium. Like, I went there once it just rained the whole time. It's like nothing you do about it. Everyone was sitting on the overhangs by the end of the game. But people are there every week. They're in the parking lot, $30, $40 a park. I mean, people are there. They're tailgating. And then you, you send out a guy who is ill-prepared, ill-equipped to do the job that you want him to do for a team that has talent. Like, the defense makes plays. A competent quarterback, they beat the Chiefs. A quarterback that just doesn't turn the ball over, a quarterback that threatens your defense, they they win more games. Zach Wilson doesn't threaten you in any form of fashion. He could have a gun, it wouldn't be threatening.
0: Which is crazy how the NFL works, because they beat Philly. And, and If That's I remember correctly, I, if it, I remember I think, correctly, I think the weather
1: was bad. I think it was like it was like it was like a wet week we had here in the Northeast, and I think they play like a, it was like a like a colder, wetter. Like the yeah. game was like, it was like a wet weather game. And defensively, if you can lock, if you can lock down, and I don't know if Jalen was hurt. I know he's been nursing the injury, but I think Sirianni made a bad call by like calling a pass play when they could have ran it and could have some more time off the clock. But they just they're good defensive teams. So when you're in a good defensive groove and you're calling plays and you're impacting the other team, you need your offense to be able to sustain a drive and get you touchdowns.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They can't yeah. do that consistently enough.
0: And then, oh wow, touchdown Louisville. You know, that receiver had about 20 yards on everybody. Um, but yeah, so Monday night football. Buffalo and Denver, you know, Buffalo's licking their wounds after the loss in Cincinnati the other day. I think I like Buffalo to come back and bounce back and win this game. You know, um, I think that Denver has gotten, they've obviously gotten better over the last couple of weeks. I don't know what happened. You know, they didn't trade anybody like we thought they were going to. You know, I don't know. Sean Payton just galvanized the troops and, gave them the what for and now they got their stuff together. Um so I think this is going to be an intense game that's going to go down to the wire. <clears throat> but you know I'm I'm going with Buffalo.
1: All right. So this season Russell Wilson is 16 touchdowns and four interceptions.
0: Yeah I think he's like third or fourth in touchdowns too.
1: I think he has something. He's responsible for like 80, 85% of Denver's touchdowns on the year. Cause I think he ran a couple in. I'm taking Denver in this game. Cause that's, cause I think Denver's playing with house money. And I think their team is just built a little better. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of how Buffalo uses their assets. Cause everyone's saying they need to get another guy in there next to Stefan Davis, you know, Stefan Digg. I'm like, you got Gabe Davis. Like to me, he seemed like the perfect complementary number two. If you go back to that playoff game, we call like four touchdown passes, and he was wide open all game long. It's like okay, at Arrowhead at Arrowhead. Like you don't get that wide open because you're a a low key eye kind of wide receiver. Like you have to be a viable number two to beat a defense that bad that many times. Because after you beat you twice, you get one touchdown. Everybody gets one. You know, everybody gets the opportunity to get one. You get two. Now I'm like, now I got to pay attention to you as a defensive coordinator. Then you get three. And I'm like, all right, listen, we got to watch thirteen, and then you slack off of Stephon Diggs, and he gets a fourth one. It's like, all right, like you guys weren't paying attention. Game over. <laughs> yeah, ultimately, like you know, it still worked out. Kansas City, and they and, lost
0: that game. <laughs> yeah, Ty-
1: Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey did a little in and out wiggle thing, and they got the field goal, and they go to overtime, and then we change the rules. Um, but that's the thing. I as for some reason. I was talking about they should just run the ball more instead of running with Josh Allen. They seem to be doing it. They seem to be – their big rundowns seem to be either Josh Allen just ready to scramble or they're calling, like, quarterback runs. We saw what happened to Anthony Richardson. We see what happened. You know Josh Allen doesn't high-five fans at halftime? He throws souvenirs into the crowd with his left hand because he can't lift his arm up after a half of it getting hit. Then he probably goes in the locker room, get it massaged, maybe get it shot up, get it stretched out to where he can go out there in the adrenaline and the muscle memory. He can still throw the ball, but he doesn't give high fives. Even after the touchdown, he was given low fives with his left hand or his right hand. He's like And the Chris Collins, I, I think I mentioned the other day, he he's doing a great job of rolling onto his left shoulder when he's getting tackled. How about you start running the ball? Patrick Mahomes scrambles, <laughs> but they don't call quarterback sneaks for him. Yeah, Jalen broken plays. Jalen Hurts' knee hurts, and they still call him a twitch push. I'm like, just run the sweep off of it. You already have it. But that's the thing is like, sometimes I think these coaches just, I understand you want to show the bravado and the, the toughness. Like I said, Joe Burrow sucking his finger, but I guarantee you he wouldn't just. Punch his hand into the ground for the fun of it. I appreciate he didn't want to come out of the game because of the finger, but he doesn't want to deliberately keep hurting it. So, yeah, you might not want to come out of the game because of your shoulder, but you got to start calling plays so he doesn't put the shoulder at risk every (laughs) single drive. Like sometimes you got to scramble. Sometimes you really need this third and two. Sometimes, man, you just got to punt it and Mm -hmm. put the defense back out there and, and go from there. So, That's why I'm going going to go with Denver because I think Russ – because people talk about Russ doesn't run anymore. He's like, yeah, because if he gets hurt running the ball, you don't pay him like a passing quarterback. He doesn't get a $255 million deal if he's Cam Newton. Cam Newton doesn't run – if Cam Newton would have stopped running the ball after he won MVP and focused solely on being a passer who scrambled versus a running quarterback, he probably would have got one of these $200 million deals. But instead, he was getting hit and getting rocked and was constantly nursing something to the point where we could bring you back a week early, but you might get hurt again. And that pushing you down the road, then the owner's like, why am I going to pay a guy that I got to sit for five weeks every year?
0: Makes sense to me. You know, so, you know, obviously football is heading into the playoff swing. You know, we're hitting week 10 in the NFL, week 11 in college, but basketball is back. You know, the NBA is here. Uh, So um, I didn't get eyes on it because I was watching both of these football games. How did the Bucs lose that game?
1: Uh, They just gave up some threes. It It was a back and forth game, they were down early. Like when I turned the game on, I think there was like 30 to 13 or something around it was 30 to 18, 30 to 13, something like that. Then played out, I watched the TV, went down, got my food, whatever, for the, get ready for the podcast, halftime, 60, 6 to 60. Um, It wasn't poorly done. I just think Giannis had an opportunity to turn around and do, like I said, he was in the restricted area for the most part. And a couple of times he passed it. He passed one, it got deflected. Um. I think Halliburton came down and hit a three to give him the lead. So it just was a good back-and-forth game where, I mean, he was the whole offense. I think he had 50, ended up with 54 points out of 124 mm-hmm. of the team's points. So this is one of those games where nobody else is on and your superstar gets 50. A lot of those games you lose. You can ask Devin Booker when he drops 70. Um, Kobe is 81. They needed every bit of those 81 because mm-hmm. I think they only won by like eight or nine.
0: Yeah, they were down like 15 when he took over.
1: Yeah, so those kind of games. But I, like I said, for the most part, it's impactful game. I like it. This real quick for you. Who's playing in the Mexico City game right now?
0: Atlanta and Orlando.
1: Okay. Did they advertise that enough, or you just know it because we're doing this podcast?
0: I know it because I just looked at the score a couple of minutes ago.
1: <laughs> this is the, this is the prime time NBA game on. It should have been this type of stuff that should have been popping up on my social media, like the random NBA videos you get. Ooh. This this is the kind of stuff you need that should be popping up on my social media.
0: Carolina with the fourth down conversion at their own twelve or so. <laughs> they yeah, might have been a little been fur, they might have been a little further than that. You know that uh, Oh, and they're yeah, throwing 19. it. Uh, yeah, they.
1: Ooh, that you was know, close. It was,
0: yeah, it was just inches. That's it was just inches. Play call. It's fourth you and know. inches,
1: five minutes left. And you call a rollout. That's just you know. That's kind we- of stuff that gets you fired as a coach. Look at this play in the back, people. All right. It is fourth <laughs> and inches from your own 19, and you call this play. And then he barely gets a yard before he gets out of bounds because you have a five foot ten quarterback who weighs. Well, about to be one fair, nation. they got stuffed on can't it. anyone.
0: To be fair, they got stuffed on third and one. <laughs>
1: well, well, what's better? Cutting off half the field on a rollout? Yeah. Or trying to push forward that, with a I think that's something that's done
0: too much in general, though. Like, like even in college football, like every play is RPO and it's like just hand the damn ball off and push somebody. But uh, but anyway, back to the that's NBA. It, yeah, back to the so, NBA. So, so like, yeah,
1: so I like the NBA so far this year. I like the fact that. Um, I like the fact that these older teams are losing. And then maybe they'll start highlighting these younger guys. Um, I, like the, I like the Mavericks being 6-2. Hopefully everyone can stay healthy. Um, I'm sick of this low management that's already happened. I think Dame, Dame didn't play tonight.
0: You know, Bradley Bill played for the first time last night, went 3-for-12.
1: I can see uh, KD probably sitting out a few games here.
0: Anthony Davis didn't uh, play last
1: night. I want the Thunder to get more primetime games, not even games. I want Thunder versus Rockets to be, you know, MBA yeah. Wednesday night, Thursday night games. Uh I want Kings versus Wizards. Like, give me this give me the young talent. I want Cavs versus Knicks. You know, yeah, so I, Cats, I, I, want, I want Mitchell. you guys to really show show the league and show the players and, and really you know show a holistic view of the league, not just the same
0: 12 teams. Yeah. So Donovan Mitchell, you know, averaging 30.7 points, third in the league Cavs three and five, you know, uh, Philadelphia is a lot damn better than we thought they were going to be, you know, um, and Louisville just broke out, you know, uh, yeah, that's about a 70 yard touchdown run, you know? So, but, uh, yeah. Um, Philly looks a lot better than we thought. You know, Maxie is coming into his own, you know, just like I said he would. But, you know, I thought Harden would get traded later in the season. But they've already beaten Boston and Milwaukee, you know, early in the season. But, you know, you got to give them the credit because they did it.
1: Yeah, we're only 10% through the season. It's 82 games. We play – most teams play about between seven and eight.
0: Yeah, Uh, so, you know, but you got to give them credit because if they would have lost, I would have said something about it. So i got to say something about it since they won. You know, uh, yeah, Bill Simmons and uh, Stugatz was out here talking about how Boston was going to win seventy games, and now they lost two games since they said that. That's
1: such a ridiculous. And, and they like, said that thing. no one's going to win that many games because your stars aren't going to play that many games. The most anybody's going to win this year is sixty-one.
0: And there's people. I doubt anybody that, wins
1: one of sixty-one games.
0: There's people saying that Boston may have the best starting five ever.
1: Hopefully it's hyperbole.
0: I mean, they got a good starting five, you know what I mean? But, yeah, like I, I don't even want to put the energy into trying to think about that or who's better or like or whatever. But, uh, but yeah, so like the Rockets started out 0-3. They've won four in a row, including that 34-point win against the Lakers last night. No Anthony Davis. He had the groin spasms in the previous game. So um, I haven't heard any timetables, like if he's going to play the next game or not. But this is what we fear every year is that Anthony Davis is going to go down and LeBron is going to have to play he-man because the Lakers still can't function when he's not on the floor. Not at all. And Louisville maybe the, – their, okay. their team
1: is just as poorly built as it was two years ago. And then people thought it was fixed because they made it to the Western Conference Finals last year, and they were ready to give Rob Palinka Executive of the Year. I'm like, cut it out! Like, like I listen. I I'm don't I'm keep this caveat. I am a LeBron fan without a doubt. <laughs> but I, I have to, you got to be realistic. It's like if Steph Curry, if you took all of Golden State Warriors, and it just was Steph and Clay, and you brought ten new guys in. Would you have championship expectations of that team? No. No. If you took the Clippers, you just had Kawhi and Paul George, and you swapped out your 10 other players multiple times over. Like you had these 10, you moved six of them out, you brought four more guys in, two more guys from here, and then the other guys that were getting better, they moved. Would you have championship expectations for? You wouldn't. It just doesn't make any sense. So when you hear these, You know, this championship of bus or what Chris is, like to say, LeBob, Larry O'Brien, or bust teams. (laughs) It's like the Lakers don't look like one of those teams. A few teams look like Boston, looks like that team. Denver looks like that kind of team. Uh, I think Dallas looks like that kind of team. Hey, Philly Chicago. looks like that
0: type of team right now. That
1: team. Chicago should. They have like the pieces. They have like the, the pieces at each level. Right, that's why I told you to I didn't have them, them making the playoffs. I
0: didn't have make them. Make so, so I'm wondering, right? Now, let me get into my stupid sports analyst bag real quick. All right, let's go. So we know that these sports are team sports, right? Correct. You know we have. I'm pulling up the
1: Bulls right now, but keep going.
0: You know, you you know you have your people like Rudy Gay, who's never made the play or never won a playoff series or whatever it is. You know, you had like uh, T Mac, who never won a playoff series and all that stuff. So I'm wondering if Zach Levine is the next in line of these players that can't win shit. Because I remember, you know, him in Minnesota with Cat and Wiggins, and they couldn't even make the playoffs. And and now he goes to Chicago. They get uh, DeRozan. They got grab every rebound, Drummond. You know, and they're three and five, I believe, right now. You know, Correct. they, uh, you know, they went and got Caruso for some reason. You know, a couple years ago, obviously Lonzo Ball. You know, that whole story. You yeah. know, they haven't they haven't quite recovered from. But that shouldn't
1: derail your entire train.
0: No, it shouldn't. You still got DeMar DeRozan, you know, uh, Mr. Mid-range legend. You know, I just don't understand, you know, Kobe White. Point,
1: you have Kobe White at point guard. You have your the Rosen that can play your two or your three. You got Levine that can play your two or your three. You got Vucevic that could play the four or the five. You got Drummond as your rebounder. So, like just that start lineup alone, it makes every, every. All five of those guys require defensive attention. Just being on the floor. Kobe White getting the ball to these guys. You got pick and roll, screens, pen downs with two big bodies. It's like, how are you not just feasting in the paint?
0: Because we don't play like that no more.
1: Even with you got DeMar DeRozan, Mr. R- midrange. Set the high pick and roll and pull up at the free throw line. You got Levine, the high flyer, backdoor lob passes. Vuce, Vucevic is a three-point shooting bigs. He's a stretch four. So it's like, how are you, like, if it's ego or if they're not being coached properly, it's one of them because this roster should be competing for at least the conversation of top six in the East
0: at a minimum. Well, I've been in that
1: conversation.
0: I've been waiting about three years for Patrick Williams to show up. You know, like I thought of him as super talented and it's just not clicking. Like, I don't know if he's just not a fit in Chicago. I don't know if he if he's not as good as I thought he was or, you know, what it is. But when people
1: say fit, the basketball basketball is a simple sport, it is rebound, defend, take and make open shots. How do you create open shots? Well, I got these bigs that can run off screens. I got this big. I can phone the ball to the post. I can set this back screen to get this guy an open three-point look. I can beat my guy off the dribble. Like, there's simple ways to get you points. I get that the defense can adjust to that, but you also counter it with but you have to be a cohesive, yeah. Group. But you got to play it's, defense it's too. That it's clear that they're <laughs> not a cohesive group,
0: but you got to play defense too. And you know, Levine's not a good defender, Drummond's not a good defender, you know, Vucevic isn't a good defender.
1: You have, like, I mean, you're seven feet tall, the basketball court's only like, was what
0: it? What's the basketball
1: court from 40? I think it's 98 feet. Wide?
0: Well, I 98, think it's 98 feet, feet long, feet long. Yeah.
1: and then the corner three is 20 and a half feet.
0: I want to say it's like 55, maybe? No, that's the football field.
1: Yeah, if you go from the rim to the corner, it's only a 20-foot three. That's the shortest three. That's the shortest three-pointer. So if you factor in, it's maybe two feet. So you got two feet from the three-point line, 22. so about 44 to 45 feet wide.
0: It is 94 by 50.
1: 94 by 50. Okay. You can't defend that with five people who are six foot seven and taller. <laughs> and no, like, they can't. If a guy wants to shoot 30 foot threes, let him shoot it. But like anywhere near the line, you should be able to defend. Yeah. Like you that, know, that's I, an effort. That's an effort thing. That's a coaching thing. Just size and effort is a, should be enough.
0: Oh, And from 59, it's short. Carolina missed the field goal, 135 left to go. Looks like Chicago is going to potentially get out of here with the win if they don't do something stupid. Um, yeah, I think that uh, teams like Chicago are just frustrating because, like, I don't like to believe in curses and stuff, but, like, is there, like, an MJ curse or something that we don't know about? Like, it just doesn't make sense to me, like, you know. Uh, but Memphis you know, as only won one game. You know, we talked about Ja Morant's 25-game suspension. We talked about can they go, you know, 16-9? and nine? Can they go 17-8? and eight? The answer to that question is no.
1: No, no, they can't. <laughs> no.
0: I'm I'm <laughs>
1: upset with the NBA PA for not appealing that.
0: I agree. They folded under the pressure. Or, they folded
1: or, under the public pressure for what? I'm like, I don't care. I don't care what y'all think in the public. The, pu- the court I'm of public opinion court of public opinion never has never run.
0: sentenced anybody it Has never sentenced anybody you know and they gave this man 25 games you know um yeah so memphis they're, they're lacking his playmaking i mean desmond desmond bain you know has looked good to start the season you know but they they don't have that playmaker Derek rose you know they got marcus smart you know, like they just like they don't have because remember, we were talking about Boston last year and I had said something along the lines of we got into an argument. So I said something along the lines of they need to upgrade their point guard. And it didn't even necessarily need to be somebody that could score more. They just needed somebody that could be an actual point guard, you know, and yeah, Marcus. Those
1: crunch time moments like those guys yeah. that really like the Mike Conley, like the Mike Conley
0: effect. Right, and and, and Boston, uh,
1: but it doesn't really work for every team where you need him to also score,
0: yeah. And speaking of Mike Conley, you know, he had a turnover early in their first game of the season and hasn't had a turnover since. You know, Minnesota leading the league in defense like, who would have thunk it? I mean, they got it's Rudy effort. Gobert,
1: but that's that's the thing, it takes that takes effort, and a lot of times in a basketball game. Like, when, when the coach pulls the players out, you know, six minutes left, they're down, whatever, you, you you know, like, yo, we're done. But that moment happened before you pulled them out. Right. The effort part was done. It was like, there's nothing we could do. This game is over. And if you never give that effort and you go in the first quarter and you're down 39-28 at the one quarter – and Then the coach wants to say whatever to you in the huddle, you're like, Really? Like, I'm rotating, I'm doing what I gotta do, and then you go out of halftime, and it's, it's 60 to 45 at halftime. He's like,
0: Bajant, look at this, you know. So, check that out. Uh, but sure. yeah, so, so, uh, you know, I, the NBA has been good so far. You know, Dallas has looked a lot better, like you mentioned them, they've looked a lot better than I thought they would. You know, I tell you what, uh, the Knicks. Put something on the Spurs last night. They put something on the Spurs last night. The Knicks are second in defense and they pulled out a 21 point win over the Spurs last night. Wimby only had 13 points. You know, so like with these young teams, like we have something to look forward to. Like everybody's paying attention to Wimby, you know, Wimby watch and all that kind of stuff. But Chet Holmgren out here, you know, maybe having a better season than Wimby.
1: That's, I mean, but that's what we need. We need that. I can't wait for the OKC San Antonio matchup.
0: Yeah. And Louisville escapes 31 to 24. You know, like we'll see what the polls through what the college playoff committee does with that, with this struggle win over a two and seven Virginia team. You know, uh, we're now two and eight. Uh, So we got a flag in the. Carolina Chicago game you know I thought Chicago had iced it but you know I don't know what the flag is
1: no nah, whatever it is they're, they're going to be able to run the clock out no matter what yeah, Carolina Bay-J- don't have any timeouts left
0: yeah man Beier wants uh fields's job <laughs>
1: Listen, all I know is the better he plays the more likely we could potentially swing a little deal to get Justin fields back home to Georgia
0: yeah, now it's time for me to get some basketball on my TV, you know, and then uh, you know Half what else? Is stood right out?
1: now, Atlanta and Orlando. Oh no, it's coming back. Yeah, it was seventy three sixty nine at 73-69 halftime. Atlanta. Yep. Uh-huh. Third quarter just kicked off. Just All right. So,
0: off. so what else has stood out to you before we get out of here? Uh,
1: how James Harden wiggled his way out of Philly to get another team that he wanted. It looks that stood like crap. That, that stood out to me. The, the, the fact that any smart basketball pundit could look at that and say, man, that's not gonna work. And before before even a deal, like James Harden could have gone to maybe a handful of teams. Maybe he could have gone to Chicago if you were to move Kobe White and Levine. And then you pair him with DeMar DeRozan, and he had a ball in his hands, a la how he played in Houston,
0: mm-hmm.
1: pseudo how he played in Brooklyn. You just got to be able to, like, you got to – sometimes you got to be able to leave your ego at the door when you're making, like, life decisions.
0: I just, I just don't understand why the Clippers did it, because they had a good thing, you know, from watching their first couple of games of the season – Russ and Paul George look Palmer good together.
1: Needs to fill that arena. He needs a Kobe. He needs but he's but Hart stack.
0: is a free agent after this year.
1: He he he's gonna throw he's gonna throw a good bag. He's he I, has to. He's a businessman. And we we I talked about this, and you guys go ahead and book it because I'm the one that's bringing this up. I'm the only one talking about this. <laughs> These people who are buying in teams now are not your traditional football families. They're not the Rooneys, the Maras, Johnsons. Uh, they're not the, the teams that has been in the, the Benson family down in New Orleans. What you're getting now is a lot of tech people, a lot of people made their billions and something else, mm-hmm. buying up teams, and they're going to treat the teams like commodities. The Rams, Kroenke, he made his money in real estate, and his wife is a Walton from the Walmart family. So that's where their billions come from. You see what he did? They were like, "F them picks. Mm -hmm. They're gonna be. They're gonna do different things, and they're gonna just throw money and luxury tax. We're not worried about that. We're gonna build new stadiums. We're gonna do all these things with the money because you need six billion dollars to buy a team. Jordan paid one hundred eighty million for his stake in the Hornets or something like that, and walked away with million or something like one point eight billion or something out of it. You know, so. A lot of these teams are going to cost so much money that the people who are buying them aren't going to be traditional sports people. They're going to be, they're probably going to be smart people, obviously, to make that that kind of money to buy a sports franchise. So they're not going to worry about. They're going to stack their team and pay whatever debt they can because to them, if I can get NBA wise, I can get forty-one home games with these faces on marquees that are selling out. Then maybe I can get a couple of rounds of the playoffs, but. I can definitely sell out and overprice these tickets for these 41 home games. Lakers tickets are probably so ridiculous. You could probably get a better viewing and a game Milwaukee versus Indiana than the Clippers versus the Lakers. But it's going to cost you probably seven times more to see the Lakers Clippers versus Milwaukee, Indiana. And I think that's going to be the driving force for these purchases and these teams and these con these coaches contracts and things of that nature.
0: So, so what have you thought of the end season tournament? Ah, see, I got it right on the first try that time.
1: The end season tournament. Yeah. I, I gotta see the end result. I gotta see. Does it do anything for the team that wins this, this tournament in Vegas? does orlando win it and go on like some kind of tear after the tournament if that's like the thing is that the 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 catapult for a team like uh the pacers or a team like cavaliers or something like that because if it just if it's just a thing that people just do and no one cares about it i can't see it lasting for that long yeah, but I if, think- if, if there's some value that comes out of it with results like people just get it and they they announce the MVP or they give these guys their bonuses and they're like yo that was dope I want to win that every year I this feeling of winning and I want to then maybe but until then I got to get the result before I can really understand because really right now it's just basketball.
0: Yeah, the only thing I got out of it was these ugly ass courts hurt my eyes.
1: I like the courts. I like the courts.
0: I, I hate the courts. You know, um, but I don't see any difference right now. You know, like like I told you, like uh, maybe if they added something. To the tournament, like, you know, I know you don't like the uh, the uh Elam, you know, uh scoring or whatever, but like if they just added something that makes it a little different than regular season basketball, because I don't really see like if, if I'm, I'm watching these games right now, you know, Orlando and Atlanta, I don't see no difference between the game I'm watching tonight and the game that I watched the other night that was a part of the tournament.
1: Yeah. And that's, the th- and that's why I said I need the results. I need the end result. I need that particular trophy hoisting game, that that dynamic, that semifinal, final matchup. Does that look different?
0: I wish a team wins it that don't make the playoffs. That's what I want. There. That's what I'm
1: saying. So if, if it becomes a situation where – like we, we kind of identify a couple of teams that we thought weren't gonna make the playoffs. So if it's like the Jazz and the Grizzlies are playing for this end season tournament championship, it's like
0: <laughs> Detroit.
1: You know, the you know, Detroit versus the Pelicans or something like that. It's like uh, come it on. Sad.
0: yeah, Charlotte against <laughs> you know, I don't know. But but yeah, like uh but I think like I do think
1: Jordan Poole versus the Heat.
0: I do think that it could Have value if you are a team like, say, Houston. It could have some value there. You know, you got the new coach with NBA finals experience. You started the season 0 and 3. You've won your last four. So now this is a chance for you to potentially, you know, show your young guys like, this is what you're capable of. Like, I believe in you guys. And now you have the proof that.
1: Yeah, but if Houston beats Detroit.
0: What well, don't matter. I mean, they still got to beat other teams to get to that point, though. Like, you know what I mean. Like, they still have to yeah. run through like Denver, maybe, or like you know, they still have to beat maybe Golden State or Sacramento or somebody like that. To that's what I'm to saying. Like, point. I
1: can't really, I can't really project it because it just it seems a bit. I know it's organized, but it still feels a bit random and a little chaotic, and it doesn't flow. It's not like the World Cup. I know if I broke it down and watched every single piece, and like, oh, this is this group, and if they. Right. but like I don't really because in, in the in the Florida regular season I'm more concerned with the fact that these teams are stacking themselves up in their 3 and 5 after eight games. Right. Uh stuff like that. So I, after the results or as we you know we set up for this championship weekend in Vegas, then I think the attention will make more sense where we can just kind of look like, "Oh, let's let's check this out, let's see who made it and see how they got there and and then see if it catapults uh team going forward. So
0: right. So so yeah, that's where like I am, you know, not not necessarily waiting to the end result, but like I want to see, I guess once we get out of pool play, like once we get to the actual semi or quarterfinals. If, if it's
1: dope, I want it to work. Like if it if it like I said, if it comes off and it's like, yo, this is it's not a bad idea, it's not a no, bad I wanted, idea. I want it to work
0: because I like basketball, I but you know but like I, mean? I said, I, I felt the
1: same way about the playing. I was like, I didn't like the play in until I got a year's worth of data. Yeah. And then I thought about it after that. But it took yeah, the, the, the play in has first been year.
0: The play-in has for me been entertaining. The, the playing has been entertaining. It's still not my thing, you know. Like that game last year we had the uh, uh what was it? Uh Minnesota and the Lakers.
1: You know, yeah, went when to
0: overtime. With, yeah, reasons. I was just about to say that. Yeah, they went to overtime. It was exciting. Um, OKC was exciting, you know, to see in the play-in, you know, for the first time and everything, like the young team. Let's see what they look like, you know, in a, I guess, pressure. Miami, Miami
1: being in the play-in and then making it to the finals, I think. Yeah,
0: but I still don't like it because, I mean, I feel like, if I remember correctly, without looking at the standings, Miami would have been in the playoffs anyway. So either way, they would have just been an eight seed that made it to the finals.
1: Yeah, but I, it's like when, when they're playing, playing eight. Seed. No,
0: it's not. You know, just like just like March Madness, right? Uh, they got the the first four. And, I don't know, like we, the first four. I don't like it either. But we had teams like VCU, you know, win the first four game, go to the final four. You know, we've seen things like that happen. You know, or I don't like I don't like when. I don't well. I don't like the first four just because they always put schools, the small schools that already won their conference, in that game. Like they they earn and yeah,
1: they they have them as eleven seeds and make them play in that game. It's like, what about the eleven seed Purdue that should have been, you know, like one of these teams that should have been better? And it was like, nah, we're gonna put this. So usually eleven seed Belmont in this play in is like so so usually.
0: So usually it's a, you know, it's usually a, the the lowest sixteen seeds. Usually there's a HBCU involved, you know what I mean, and they don't get the their a lot of them don't get their NCAA tournament moment. But then like when whoever wins the playing games, they be like their first win in NCAA tournament in school history. Like that shit don't count. That don't count. That wasn't on Thursday, Friday. That don't it count.
1: Counted, it counts for recruiting.
0: It counts for recruiting, you know, but they also have the 12 seeds play. So you know, you'll usually get, I think one year we had UCLA against Indiana or something like that. That's what I'm saying.
1: Like the 12 seeds. Like, I should be in this regular group. Why am I in this outside group when it's already 12?
0: Well, well, because the 12s are the last teams in. That's why. That's why you get in. That's why
1: because 64. 64. That's it. That's a nice number.
0: Yeah, because because like you have your 64 teams, you know, so you have your 31. Automatic bids, and then your at-larges. So the 12 seeds are just the last four at-larges that got in. So that's why they're, you know, earning their just, way into the bracket. You know, whereas with these 16 seeds, it's usually these teams that won their conference. A lot of times they won the regular season and the conference tournament. And then, and then you're like, making them right. play.
1: You play on this, players game on Tuesday. Hope yeah, you like for your no reason. Kansas City. Yeah
0: you know? So, yeah. So, but it is what it is, you know, like it's basketball. So I'm to watch it. Even if I don't like it, like it is what it is. Just like tonight, you know, the NFL takes all of its loyal fans on veterans day weekend spits in our face and gives us Carolina and Chicago, you know, next week we get Baltimore and Cincinnati. That would have been nice to have this week, you know, but I'll wait for next week. It'll be a great game, yeah. but. But you know, but yeah, so like you know, the NBA is going on right now, you know, Atlanta 82, Orlando 77. So on that note, ladies and gentlemen, you know, hope you enjoyed the show. You know, we enjoyed bringing it to you. Absolutely. You know, happy veterans day out there to all my people. Stuff. Go get your free food. Not Go to get be your confused. Food. Not to be confused with Memorial Day, you know, you know, for those who aren't here anymore. You know, we're going to salute the veterans that are still here. And, yep. you know, thank you all for your service. And those of you that I have served with, you know, thank you for your service, too. And to our future airmen and everybody else, you know.
1: Shout out Dawn 136 Spain, Island Air Base. Shout out <laughs>
0: Disneyland at Lackland and Alcatraz. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Shout
1: out 320th. What is it? 320th trainee. I still know yeah. it. You know what i saying? I think 320th had force. the uh
0: they had the ice cream we used to sneak, you know, when we would do Negative. the kitchen studio. No thing.
1: ice cream, no ice cream. They, they had the ice cream anything. when I was there. No, yeah, they didn't give us any. It was there. They're like, know, you it. go get some. I yeah, wouldn't suggest getting to try to get it though. I'm like, nah, hey, stay less. So I need to hear. To,
0: I had to do it. You know, what so sad. we just but, see the
1: McDonald's golden arches every morning doing PT. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you know, you know, I, I felt so bad the other day. I was uh or like a couple weeks ago, I went to the Spurs game. I took um, my oldest boy to the Spurs game, and we were walking downtown, and all the airmen in their blues, you know, like, it was so, like, I was like, oh, man, why they still got these dudes talking about OPSEC and and blended with the community, and people are spying on you, and you got these dudes walking down the street looking like Smurfs.
1: Ain't nobody spying on you in San Antonio.
0: (laughs) I did that trip
1: downtown the Oh, you gotta be in your blues. Go to the mall, yo. Sweating right. in July in San Antonio. I never. I did it one time. I'm like, I'm never doing this again. This so,
0: is, so you this you is ready? Gross. It was so hot. You ready for my first world problems? All right. So 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 I was in basic training. Um, I started in October. You know, ended in December. And uh, during our time in basic training, they took us to a Spurs game. You know, so of course
1: in basic.
0: Yeah, they took us to the Spurs game. It was like Thanksgiving or something. And, uh, you know, around Thanksgiving, they took us to the Spurs Spurs game. And they played against Dallas. They had this young dude named Dirk Nowitzki, you know, who knew that he was going to become what he became. And I was so upset because if we would have went to the game two days later, Kobe and Shaq. (laughs) First world yeah. problems. <laughs> so this is
1: what I got in basic training. I got a bunk bed. I, and I got my two phone calls. <laughs> that was it. I didn't get a single perk. I nah, think, one I think time the Spurs I did,
0: thing is a regular thing that they do.
1: I didn't get anything. We didn't get oh, on the bus.
0: What, what, what month did you go
1: through? I went May through June. I got there May 17th. Three o'clock in the morning, put them down, pick them up, graduated June 30th. And then I was there for tech school. They didn't hand out any tickets when I was in tech school either. But they didn't hand out a lot of heat because it was hot. Oh, yeah. I've been to Iraq. I've been to Al-Udeed. I've been to UAE. That San Antonio heat in it's just different. May, June, it's just July. It's different. It's different.
0: You know what i I thought I was ready for it, you know, because I lived in Arizona for a while and, you know, Whole different ball game.
1: Oh, yeah. Vegas, and Vegas is hot too, but and then the Jackrabbits. Rabbits. Yeah, it's it's a, it was a different kind of heat.
0: It's like you yeah. we were
1: doing our PT at four o'clock in the morning, but they had us marching around. I I had burns on my hands from doing push-ups on the tarmac <laughs> on the parade grounds. We we're doing push-ups because we couldn't get it together.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. I remember those days, man. So shout out all the veterans. I know everybody has their stories, everybody has their basic training stories. The guy who sucked, the guy that was great this scandal, that scandal, what rule you got away with. We all have them when we sit around. You sit around with enough military people, man, you'll hear some of the greatest stories in the history of your existence. You think Mark Scorsese writes great movies? Sit around <laughs> with, like, two vets. Give me a give me a 1975 basic training vet. Man, they tell you the greatest stories. <laughs> like, I had some of my supervisors vibes with some old heads. Like, I got in my first space in 2001. So these guys came in in 73, 71. I had, had a you know supervisor ready to retire he was like man we would smoke weed and get out of I was like what he's like yeah we would just get a little paper my dad was like yeah that happened all the time he's like if you had it in your hand when the when the drill sergeant came around you just had to eat it
0: now they so try if to we pass,
1: life. if we pass he's like if you're passing around and somebody was coming and you had it in your hand you could throw it on the ground
0: now what they try to it. end your life and be like, you ain't getting no job.
1: You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was you. He was like, man, we just put put the J in your mouth and eat it and swallow it. That's oh, the sacrifice geez. you had to make to be part of this circle. If you won't be in a cipher. You might have to hot potato this joint. All right.
0: But yeah. yeah. Or that note. <laughs> Shout out to all the veterans. America. We'll be back next week. <laughs> Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your football. God bless. Happy Veterans Day. Peace.